0: By the time you hear this podcast, you won't be able to afford any meat or any beer. Welcome to, by the time you hear this podcast, I'm Greg, I'm Ben, and we're back with episode 159. Uh, Thank you to everyone who's downloaded and listened so far. We definitely appreciate it. Um, As my mic is just moving on its own. Okay, anyway,
1: (laughs) it's not time yet, it's not time for that yet.
0: Uh but thank you everyone who's uh downloaded so far. We are live on Facebook this time. Um try something out. See see what happens.
2: I remember that used to be like the new hotness.
0: Yeah. Hopefully it doesn't crash in the middle of us
2: live streaming
0: <laughs> like it did last week. But um uh again, thank you and if you're watching live or you're or you're listening um on the podcast form or if you're watching this as a on a replay or something like that we definitely appreciate it. Definitely. Um so uh oh we got some news. Some quick some quick housekeeping news. After like 2 years uh. maybe 3 <laughs> we're going to
2: have a website again. <laughs> this is like a when we're gonna have a website again? When the angels win the pennant? Like <laughs> <laughs> and that kid, that poor kid was like, "So never." <laughs> like, so the angels have? Did the angels win the pennant this year? No, they didn't even make the playoffs, man. Oh, oh, that sucks. What? Never mind. And, oh, start. even though Otani's probably gonna win MVP. Steve Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> someone finally made that connection on a podcast. I was waiting for someone to make That's that. That's interesting. That. No one made took that, that connection. Long. Yeah, took that the whole long. time. As soon as I saw it, I was like, yeah. oh, like the Scout. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Steve Nebraska. If you don't know what that is, go look it up. If you're a bas- baseball fan, you're going to love it. It's
0: great. Um, it starred the person who played Steve Nebraska, was also the star of the movie we discussed in the previous episode. Mm-hmm. So, happy birthday, Britton Fraser, whenever your birthday is Oh, I was like oh we missed <laughs> it like... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um,
0: so we got some music news I'm oh, sorry charging my phone I'm trying to grab the notes here so um we talked about R. Kelly um, he's he was convicted he's going to prison for who knows how long he hasn't been sentenced yet um, but YouTube took it upon themselves to delete his YouTube channel. And, uh, what do you think about that? That YouTube just deleted the channel? Because normally they would do that, you know, when it's, um, if the person has copyright strikes or if they go against the terms of service as far as using the platform. But they, uh, delete the YouTube channel because of the conviction.
1: Mm
2: hmm.
0: Right, you what do you think about that?
2: Um, they have the right to do whatever they want. I think it's 2021, and people are are just. I think it's expected. Um, as we talk, I'm actually looking up to see because I was thinking I was actually having this discussion, and this isn't what ism, Like I know some people probably think it is, but I do think in terms of how far we're going with with R. Kelly is. Like I'm not defending anything he did, but like I've never seen us put on the full court press for another artist that's been accused of certain things. Um, I will say, and we've talked about him on this on this podcast before. The lead singer of the Lost Pro- of Lost Prophets, what he did was whoa, so bad that we won't even say it on here, or like YouTube might de- demonetize. I don't know, but I'm just saying like. So I was just curious if they. I'm looking to see. If they took him if took their channel off, I know for a fact he's they're not even on Spotify anymore. Like I don't even know where you can really go to listen to them unless you pirate I their thought, music.
0: I thought his music was still on there. They just took it off all the playlists. Who? Um Lost Prophets or R. Kelly? Oh, Lost Prophets. Yeah, yeah. Well, Lost Profits, I think there's um there's one album that I think they made without the without that lead singer. Ian Watkins. Yeah. Or maybe or might have been just a single Mm -hmm. that was made without him. That's the only thing from them.
2: So there's a Vivo. Granted, I mean, I guess if you remove the music that he's a part of. But the reason I say that is just because it's I think it's just very interesting to see the full court press that has been put on him. And I can't help but think that it's only because we're in twenty twenty one. Um, and that's kind of become the nature of things. Not saying that someone like R. Kelly doesn't deserve to be canceled. R. Kelly done plenty. Um, which is funny enough actually we'll talk about um, that today. But <laughs> Lost Profits.
0: I think this album does have him on it. Uh, Oof. The Betrayed. Oof. I think, but that's the only that's the only album that's on there. Mm-hmm. And they don't even. And then with their like the summary or biography or whatever um is he not mentioned at all they they do mention him wait do they mention him yeah they do mention him but they stop at 2012 yeah and and, and of course we're <laughs> not going to write say... about when yeah. he went to prison and we will You'll have to look up why. And I will just it's, say it's it's, awful a, and it's a trigger
2: warning. You know, yeah. you will be disturbed. You will be upset no matter who you are. can't imagine. But I, I just I think it's when I kind of look at how we have handled certain things. I was listening to um, 60 songs that define the 90s. And they were talking about how, you know, the song was one in a million. And whenever he talks about the song and talks about the artist, he talks about what they've done before and talks about how for the longest, the only album that was available on streaming was age ain't nothing but a number and how that has kind of become an album that's kind of cursed you know it's because it's like you know essentially was made when she was a victim yeah if we're being real because part of what he has been convicted of was and i didn't realize this but of falsifying he bribed an official to falsify her age so that he could marry her yeah which is sick that is the behavior of a predator um And so he's like, you know, I think one of the things that makes that album so, um, and I'm trying to think the right words, maligned, I guess, maybe, is the fact that we never got to ask her about it. in like the setting, not in like, you know, not when she made One in a Million or when she made her self title or when she was starring in movies, but like, you know. After all of these things came to light, and we kind of found found out who he was. Who even knows if a lot of this stuff comes to life, She's still alive. If we're being real, well, but.
0: I think uh, you know. Basically, it, it may have been her her team, mm-hmm. which is her fam her family. Basically, yeah. <laughs> um, like we're not at. They just told people who were going to interview her, do not ask questions. Yeah,
2: I'm. That about had that. to be it. Yeah.
0: And, but, and the same thing with R. Kelly's team. Do not ask,
2: ask questions, questions. Yeah. about that. So, I, I and I, may, I feel like I'm kind of making an end around here, but really, it's just kind of one of those things where it's just like we've known about this for so long. Why did it? If if we were gonna make the full court press, granted, I get it. He's he's the cash cow. He's making a ton of money. Why are we now all of a sudden acting outraged? Yeah, you know, um, we've we talked about this at least three years ago, <laughs> and he stayed on playlists. He stayed in the version of do-what-you-want-your-body that Lady Gaga had on, you know, all these things. He stayed on all these things, you know, and we're not, you know, we're not breaking news here. (laughs) We we talked about a documentary that had, what, been out for maybe two years at that point? Yeah. The sex tape or whatever you want to call it, the P-tape came out back when we were in college. Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, but now all of a sudden. And then we, we, and then
0: there's the, the surviving R. Kelly season one and two.
2: Yeah. So it's which are on
0: Netflix right now, which you know, that way it was a big deal at the time, but Mm -hmm. nothing really changed. It all feels it it was like It really didn't start happening until after that interview with Gail King that that you know there was killing me here. (laughs) Yeah, that anything started happening. Yeah. Because okay, now it seems like he's guilty because of he how he's reacting. Yeah. Like
2: it been going on this entire time. Yeah. So, yeah, so I mean, Huey Freeman knew it. <laughs> Aaron Magruder knew it. We knew it. So, you know, everybody knew it. Yeah. But then some people didn't care. Exactly. And now, now there's the we're difference acting like of we
0: do compartmentalizing yeah. as Ben says he does. Yeah. Uh <laughs> compartmentalizing the music from from the person, but then some people because they like the music felt they had to defend him. Yeah. Like it doesn't always have to be like that there are a lot of your favorite musicians
2: are probably terrible people And no doubt about it Steven tyler uh, basically became oh, the guardian of a, a teenager what a 14 year old so he could marry her
0: i saved this uh this facebook post <laughs> in which yeah. uh people were talking about those kinds of things you know basically grooming jerry because, Lee lewis <laughs> because they um because someone brought up that I don't know what kind of relationship it is. He's going to have to be real careful because he's in the public eye. The the relationship or friendship between Drake and and Millie Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah. 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 He is old enough to be her father. But anyway, they said um, in this post, they're talking about grooming. Um, Charlie Chaplin married when he was 29, married a 16 year old actress. Mm hmm. And the marriage lasted two years. And then five years later, he marries another 16-year-old who he had met when she was six.
1: Jeez. And was taking
0: her on dates when she was 12.
1: Jeez. Oh, God. This then is...
0: they mention Sam Cooke met a then 12-year-old Aretha Franklin in his hotel room. Oh, God. And before her father interrupted, Aretha said that the conversation took another turn. We know about Jerry, Jerry Lee Lewis, Ike Turner met anime Bullock now known as Tina Turner, who we'll get to in a a little bit (laughs) when she was 16, he was 24
1: Mm.
0: and they married six years later. And she wrote that she was afraid to not accept his proposal. Uh, Elvis Presley was 25 when he met 14 year old Priscilla. Yeah. Um, he
2: pursued her pretty heavily from what I remember.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, while both parties claim, like they married when they kept in touch and then they got married eight years later. So she was 22 and both parties claim she was a virgin on her wedding night. But a biographer uh, makes hmm. a strong case that that's probably not true. Hmm. Um, Chuck Berry transported underage girls across state lines for immoral purposes and went to prison. Uh, Sable Starr, who is the queen of the so-called baby groupies, had a brief relationship with Iggy Pop when she was 13. And he later wrote a song about it. I don't know what song that might have been, but you know. uh, she also claims to have had encounters with David Bowie, Mick Jagger, and Rod Stewart. Uh, Lori Maddox tells of telling uh, losing her virginity to at 14 to David Bowie. <laughs> And then she went on to date Jimmy Page um, when it began. That relationship began when Jimmy Page's manager kidnapped her and brought her to Jimmy's hotel room. That's shady
2: as all get out. (laughs)
0: And she claimed she had a relationship with Mick Jagger when she was 17. Marvin Gaye wrote Let's Get It On about Janice Hunter, who was 17, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and then they got married. Steven Tyler purchased the guardianship of a 16-year-old girl when he was 27 so he could take her across state lines when he was on tour. Ted Nugent also purchased the guardianship of a teenager from her parents.
2: God.
0: Uh, When he was 30, uh, the girl was 17, and then he reportedly received oral sex from a then 12-year-old Courtney Love. Jesus Courtney. And then y'all know about the Roman Polanski case. And he's still able to work. Uh, <clears throat> just not come to America. You won an Oscar. You won an Oscar, y'all.
2: An Oscar.
0: <laughs> Don Henley.
2: What? What did Don Henley do?
0: He was arrested in nineteen eighty in Los Angeles after paramedics were called to his home to save a naked sixteen year old girl who was overdosing on cocaine and quaaludes. Celine Dion. That's that dirty laundry, man. <laughs> Celine Dion. This is one that no one talks about, but you see it. And But because of this success, everyone thinks it's, it's just love. Love is love. Her husband, Renee Angelil, when they met, he was 39. She was 12. Uh, Bill Wyman from the Rolling Stones
2: started dating Mandy
0: Smith. She was 13.
2: Jeez these 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 uh, early teens tweens. That's... Anthony Kiedis. Yeah, that's a, yeah I've heard and of that about one. that.
0: Maite, who was uh, married to Prince, she was 16 when they met. And when she was 19, he initiated a sexual relationship by by informing her it was time to go on birth control. (laughs) Mm. Uh, Luc Besson, who directed León. Did he direct Taken also? I think so. But uh, León, the relationship was loosely inspired by uh, real life. He met his now wife. I think they're still married. Well, he was thirty-two; she was fifteen.
2: Leon, of course, is the professional. That's the French yeah. title for the professional, starring Jean Reno and Natalie Portman. A very young Natalie Portman. She that? was like twelve. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld. In and at
0: the peak of Seinfeld, that though, just
2: came to Netflix. Don't ruin it for me.
0: <laughs> picking up a girl from high school. She was in high school because he picked her up in his car. At the high school. That's he was 39. She was 17.
2: How how R. Kelly of him. That's a very R. Kelly.
0: Uh, they said M.C. Wren from N.W.A. Jeez. Was accused of raping and impregnating a 16-year-old girl. The case never went to trial, but a paternity test proved he was the father of her child.
1: Mm.
0: Oh, Brandy dated Wanye from Boys to Men. She was 16. He was 21. We know about Woody Allen.
2: I thought you were going to say she dated like some little kid, but okay. Wilmer
0: Valderrama.
2: (laughs) This is all in this post? Yeah. Holy crap.
0: (laughs) Paul Walker.
2: Oh, come on. He's dead, man. Leave him alone.
0: (laughs) Joel Madden. From um,
2: from Good, Good Charlotte, Charlotte. <laughs> he dated he dated uh he was dating Hillary Duff. Oh God, did he really? I knew you were dating. How old was she though?
0: <laughs> she uh, let's see, he was twenty six, and she had to be like sixteen. She something. was sixteen. Wow.
2: Why not?
0: Hayden Panettiere. I'm going through this whole thing. I don't care.
2: <laughs> How old was she?
0: She was 17 when she dated uh, Milo Ventimiglia um, okay. from Heroes. Yeah. <laughs> Sad. That's all we know him from. He was in the Rocky he Valley. Yeah. <laughs> He's Rocky's son. Yeah.
2: He's <laughs> Rocky's son.
0: She was 17. He was
2: 29. This is probably when they were on Heroes, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, Doug Hutchison, who y'all may remember from the Green Mile or Bait, he was 51. The girl was 16. Um, Tyga and Kylie Jenner, he was 24, she was 16, um, yeah, mm. and then they, uh, well, they say, uh, oh, Leonardo DiCaprio, he is dating uh, someone who is 21, he's 44, but he's known her since she was 11. Mm. So right now Millie Bobby Brown is 17, Drake is 34. Um but they do she she he gives her advice about boys and he texts I miss you. Yeah. Uh that sounds like grooming.
2: nothing. Yeah. Sounds like grooming to me. But it could be something, okay? Yeah. So the the point of all that was <laughs> you'd have to stop consuming a lot of media if you wanted to have this sort of outrage. Um. And yeah, compartmentalize whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I'm se- I I am separating the artist from what they've done, because clearly, R. Kelly is not a good person. Not a good person. Someone tried to say he was trying to traffic when he did that that song. Do you want to come to America? They're like he was over in Ethiopia trying to traffic women. I was like, stop it. You're you're, you're going too far. But. Yeah. It's a possibility now.
0: <laughs> I mean, uh, like, well, I mean, he can't do it now, no. but it seemed like a possibility. It seems more what, like we possibility what we know with what we know. he's bribing
2: yeah. officials to change people's names. On that's so that's that's sickening to be honest. But hey, you know.
0: But here's the thing with the compartmentalizing, right? So we didn't even really get into the story that YouTube deleted his channels. They haven't banned him, but. Oh, so part of their terms of service, that's what they they claim here, they can shut down channels of people accused of very serious offenses if they have been convicted or pleaded guilty to crimes and if their content is closely related to those crimes. Mm, Okay. Done and done. All right. Uh, (laughs) So um, let me find the information about the sales
2: well, I remember the number you told me cuz it was astronomical. Yes. Uh so this is from um
0: This was from a few days ago that his album sales have gone up 500% mm-hmm. since being convicted. Um and just I I was thinking it's wild. Like his streams went from 11.2 million to 13.4 million as far as in a week. Uh, his on-demand audio streams went up 22%. Video streams went up 23% uh, until, I guess, his his YouTube channels were taken down. Um, and I think that this is just my theory. This, pro- this may not happen, but this is just my theory. Like, for the longest time, when we talked about Aliyah's music not being, you couldn't stream it, or just one album, the other albums had gone out of print. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I think eventually, his songs will go out of print. His music, but like, his albums will go out of print. Mm -hmm. And people are just streaming them as much as they can. They're probably recording them somehow if they didn't buy the album. (laughs) And... Will sell though, so these will be become collectors' items. Mm -hmm. Just like with her music, you have it on CD, you can make fifty dollars if someone wants to buy it. If it's on vinyl, Jack White
2: will come calling.
0: Jack White will buy it from you. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, that's just my theory. I don't know if I don't know. I it may take a, a while for that to happen. Yes, he, he is facing 10 years to life, so maybe this is just a temporary.
2: Don't I say don't let him out. I mean, like, what do we, I know that it costs taxpayers' dollars, but, like.
0: Like, how can he show that he's been rehabilitated?
2: Well, I haven't t- I have been around any young girls. That is true. We didn't let you. <laughs> like... Well, that may be true. Um,
0: whoever's out in the car waiting for you yeah. <laughs> however, probably has a girl in there,
2: and she might be in the trunk. Oh Lord. That was yeah. too dark. I will say this though. I and I, I don't understand why um people are just are rushing because I, I when I found out he was guilty, the first thing I did was not run to my, you know, my phone and play I wish. Like I you know, that's just like, you know like if he comes up on a playlist that he's on on my I'm not gonna change the channel and be like, I would never like I'll just let the song play if I like it and if I don't if I'm not in the mood for it, I'll skip it. But like I don't understand these people who, you know, and it's and I feel bad because it's it's a lot of people who because we're urban. A lot of people who are just like they always come after our celebrities and no one else. That doesn't make it right. That still doesn't make it right. Huey said it. The government does um, conspire to lock up a lot of black men on fallacious charges. R. Kelly is not one of those men. <laughs> like it's, I feel like it's 15 years later we're still saying this. R. Kelly is those men. So like I wish we would stop saying that because like you're hurting the entire the entire kind of meaning behind that statement. You really are. You're you're really hurting because R. Kelly is R. Kelly was not railroaded, man. No, I'm I, and <laughs> And people like
0: to use that, you know, I feel like people just end up using that when they feel like something really isn't fair. Mm -hmm. What isn't fair about this whole thing? Yeah. What How? how are people not being fair to R. Kelly? You got a fair trial.
2: Yeah. That's all he's entitled to. Look at the people he did this to and tell them it's not fair. I mean, so, I mean, but that's really all I have to say. Like, just stop saying that he's, he's, he's not, he's not Nelson Mandela. (laughs) that's just not who he is you know he that's not who he is and justice has been served i think i think it would have been a miscarriage of justice if he somehow had like his version of the dream team legal team and got and got off yeah that would have been um they would have rioted in john's creek <laughs> let me stop,
1: let me stop. <laughs>
2: but no seriously like no justice has been served yeah
0: so, um, we mentioned, uh, Tina Turner a couple minutes ago, uh, because she has sold, uh, the rights to her music catalog mm. spanning six decades. It's a
2: long time, simply the best.
0: Including that song, <laughs> including What's Love Got to Do with It, uh, to the music publishing company BMG. Um, the singers also sold the artist share of her recordings, her music publishing writer's share, neighboring rights, and the name, image, and likeness as part of the deal. Uh, this article says they did not disclose financial terms. Some people are saying it was about $50 million. Industry experts estimate it's worth more than $50 million. And um, she is now 81 years old. I feel like she just wanted to, I don't know, I maybe I'll look at it as to, you know, whatever she leaves behind to her family, they can use that for something.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, That's what I was thinking. I mean, we all know, so yeah. what, copyright lasts What 70 years after your, is it 70 years after your death? I'm not sure. Yeah, because it's not forever. That sounds right. It's it's, it's not forever, so it's like, you know, and I think the other thing that we've seen, you know, the family, the estate of Prince kind of comes to mind. After some of these artists die, who who is there to speak for you with what you want to be done with your music? With that being said, I mean, do you really trust BMG? But I mean, it's like it's this is easier than having your family squabble over your estate when it comes to music when it yeah. comes to you now know, intellectual just,
0: property. It will just be over money. Yeah, it's little- <laughs> <laughs> so it's simple, but it's still, you're, the the family squabble is still going to happen. Yeah, you know?
2: but now it's just, it's something, rather than something like intellectual property being intangible, this is tangible. <laughs> yeah. Um, Which I never, I didn't realize she was 81 years old. And when you said that, I was like, oh, that puts it in perspective. She, her mortality is creeping up on her. You know, and at 81 years old, you know, what do you have? What do you have to do with any, you know, what do you need money for at that point? You know, yeah.
0: I mean, she is, she is, uh, retired. Um, I forgot to refer to her as American born Swiss citizen, Tina Turner, <laughs> but, but, um, she is retired living in Switzerland and, Uh, but at the end of this month, I don't know if she will appear, but she'll be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for the second time. And she said, uh, she made a statement, like any artist, the protection of my life's work, my musical inheritance is something personal. I am confident that with BMG and Warner Music, my work is in professional and reliable hands. Um, And I think part of it also is If there were another Tina Turner film made, uh, there would be no issue really with, uh, you would just go, you'd be working with BMG to get the rights to to use that music. It wouldn't be an issue with the family handling the estate, which I think is the case with Marvin Gaye. And that's why there's been no film about him or not even a, documentary really
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I think that's the case with uh, Prince mm. you know where maybe I maybe they're like well let's he has all this other material let's put that rather than let's um, license the music to be used in film or television
1: because
0: mm-hmm. uh, even the documentaries which they had an actor do like reenactments and stuff mm-hmm. There was no music. That's so sad. So, um, you, you, she, she's putting that kind of business into the hands of, of the publishing company and the record label, because you would think, well, that's what they do so they can handle it.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And just, I'll give all that. Just, just give me the money. (laughs) Uh, But, some families feel some families may be overprotective in trying to protect the legacy of that particular artist in which it's kind of hard to celebrate them, you know, other than just listening to their music, if it's on streaming mm-hmm. or on YouTube, or if you have the albums themselves. Uh So what, I mean, what from, just from your initial reaction, do you think, um, what do you think of the decision that she made to do this?
2: I mean, I respect it. You know, it. We put the music in the hands of quote unquote professionals. I'm not saying that publishing companies and record companies and stuff always have the public's interest. Um, you know, and their best and their they don't have the best intentions for the public. I'm trying to think about to say that best, but. Um, at least we know so like you know something i didn't think about in terms of like you know the the squabbling as we say of <laughs> the the gay estate marvin gay estate at the prince estate who I, I think they're just money hungry at this point um hopefully it'll be her legacy after she goes will be guided i'd be curious to see if they make another movie about her because i mean it's been what that was 95 was it 95 like 92 it was 99. a long time ago um, I'd be curious to see if they make another movie about her. Um, I just don't know how much interest there would be because of how old she is and how old, how long it's been since she was really relevant, relevant. Um, but I, I'm I'm okay with this. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe that's why you're seeing people of that age do this now. Well, yeah, cause they mentioned uh, Bob Dylan sold yeah. his entire catalog. And he's he's up there in age, too, so, you know. And Neil Young
0: sold... 50 percent of his stake in in his catalog for an estimated 150 million
2: yeah like when you really think about their age it seems like less of a money grab more of a you know who can i trust to manage this stuff like would i rather it be divided you know amongst a company or amongst like Five kids that might, you know, argue about every little thing. They have no business sense or experience or anything like that. And next thing you know, we're having Prince Night at a Minnesota Twins game. I I saw that clip on our Instagram the other day. Yeah. Uh, that's still,
0: that was still sad yeah. to me. Um, yeah. Because there are probably people who still
2: don't know Prince is even from Minnesota. Yeah. Nor, or, or care. Or, yeah. You know, like, I mean, no offense to Minnesota, but how many people from Minnesota really care that Prince is from Minnesota?
0: (laughs) Like, there's a whole there are there are black artists that aren't that black people that black people celebrate or at least listen to that. I feel like in that state, only a certain faction of people even know who they are. I'm talking about Prince. And Moore's Day in the time, and all the stuff produced by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Should I think conditions from there? Main condition. <laughs> uh, it's the Minneapolis sound, baby. <laughs> yeah, from a, a I guess with from a, a smaller standpoint, the Jets. Yeah, I feel Even like because they... there are like a hundred of them. There are There's people, like of the
2: two Jets. distinct Minnesota sounds, Minneapolis sounds. It's like this, like the R and B and the funk and soul that came out of there. And then bands like Husker do. And like the... the and like those indie rock, early indie alternative rock music. Like it's like the most diametrically opposed. Yeah.
1: Because
2: <laughs> you might ask like, what's the Minnesota-Minneapolis sound? Oh, well like, you know, like late 80s alternative music. like, Or you could say like, oh no, like late 80s funk and hip. And you're both right. <laughs> you're both right. Um, but... Yeah, I just that that made me sad. That I mean, yeah, fine. You you own the rights. You want to celebrate Prince. You want to have Prince night. But like, he's more than a night at a um at a baseball game, man. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean something something night at a baseball game. Okay, you get the helmet with the ice cream and 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 an inflatable toy. And it's purple or something. <laughs> like it just. And that's what it was. And it just cheapened the whole thing. Yeah. It it just cheapens the the legacy. Um, you know, that the something something night should be reserved for like the players. So at a Braves game, if it's Freddie Freeman night, you get a Freddie Freeman bobblehead yeah. you know, the first hundred people or something like that. It's for the the players themselves. Um if it's for an artist like that, like and was Prince even a Prince was was it. Prince even a Twins fan? I don't I think know he was so. a Vikings fan, but was he even a Twins
2: fan? No, <laughs> I don't think he was. No, I mean, unless the artist wants to get involved in it. Like, if we had Big Boy Night at a Falcons game or something, and he was involved, that's different, you know. But like, if Big Boy were to die, and you're like, "Yeah, we're gonna have Big Boy Night at a at a Falcons game," like, you're, it feels like you're cheapening his legacy. Like, it, it just doesn't feel right, you know.
0: No, it doesn't. It doesn't.
2: Um, like, would you have Hank Williams? You know what? They probably would have Hank Williams Night somewhere, and he'd probably be okay with it. To so let wait, me stop. Wait,
0: senior or junior or the third.
2: Um, Junior, I could see, I could see you have it. Although I don't know if he likes NASCAR. I'm totally just, I'm totally, um, just pigeonholing his fans. I have no clue if Hank Williams Jr. likes NASCAR at all. Um, I'm assuming he like, he liked football cause he did the theme song. I don't even know if he liked football. Like I'm just what, No,
0: that was about like the, the friends <laughs> coming over to drink beers and party. <laughs> and it turned into the theme
2: for Monday Night Football. Yeah, but, um, so he likes drinking. <laughs> yeah, if football that's and that's basically happens what the to song be in the show. background. Fine, just let me drink.
0: <laughs> and then he'll shake everyone's hand, and I just imagine him like shaking every shaking all the drivers' hands, and then he gets to Bubba Wallace, <laughs> and then awkwardly tries to dap him up.
1: Oh God!
0: <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, so, uh, I haven't seen I haven't seen this. Uh, a couple of people that we we both know may have seen it. Uh, the Bo Burnham, uh, Inside.
2: I have not seen it yet either.
0: Uh, so, uh, Bo Burnham, uh, a comedy special that you would think, uh, called Inside, and and his style of comedy he he writes a lot. He it's all original songs, with comedic uh, spins on them and everything. Um, a lot of people that have been using the Jeff Bezos song, yeah, it's in, in on TikTok. TikTok, yeah. yeah. Um, so, both his, so there's an album called Inside the Songs, and it has been disqualified as a contender for the Best Comedy Album category, and it will still be put on the preliminary ballot, uh, but in the category of Best Compilation Soundtrack for Visual Media. Instead of comedy album. And. Uh, yeah, I don't understand. Uh, <laughs> Billboard said that uh, Bill Burnham's label, Republic, confirmed the news. The Recording Academy does not make the preliminary ballots that go out to the voters public. So controversies <laughs> over classification usually only become widely known if the artist or label opts to go public with the dissatisfaction over the genre they end up in and uh this it also goes with the uh, um the person you mentioned before Casey Musgraves uh her um uh, newest album Starcrossed, has been put in the pop category instead of country and the category where it had been submitted by Universal Music Group Nashville uh so Bo Burnham's album has been number one 18, time, for 18 boy. weeks on the comedy albums chart. It's a long time. So we're not sure why the Academy has disqualified it from... They're zagging. The, <laughs> ...from the uh, comedy category. Uh, the fact that it consists of material recorded for TV instead of an audio medium might be seen as a factor in bumping it to soundtrack contention. If not for the fact that last year's winner... Tiffany Haddish, uh, for Black Mitzvah, was also the soundtrack to a Netflix special. Mm. And Jerry Seinfeld's 23 Hours to Kill and Bill Burr's Paper Tiger, um, they have been um, soundtracks for TV or streaming specials.
2: They weren't... um... Okay, yeah, never mind. I was thinking how, how they might have been, but never mind. And the decision. Well, those were those were comedy albums,
0: but they I mean they were they were streaming specials but also released as albums.
2: I didn't know they were released as albums though. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, that's how they would qualify. Okay. That's what I was wondering, like they're specials, but when you said soundtracks, This is soundtrack to the special. That makes sense.
0: And the decision could instead reflect, this is the article, this is from Variety, the decision could instead reflect the desire to keep the category to spoken word stand-up and disallow satirical music. So they're getting pure? (laughs) Even though there have been past winners in the comedy category that had music material like um, Chipmunks. And Stan Freeberg getting announced for comedy as far as back as 1959. Weird, Al, Al, Weird Al's album Mandatory Fun won Best Comedy Album in 2015. And the Flight of the Concords music EP, The Distant Future, won in
2: 2007.
1: Hmm.
2: Um and, and the, oh, that had handy on it. Okay, that was a funny album.
0: <laughs> so, uh, why and why would you disallow the music, like comedic music? You know, that's
2: I'd be curious into looking to see what the the demographic of the Academy has become over the last five to six years. Maybe they're changing. Maybe they're they're zagging. Maybe they're being stubborn. I don't know. That just seems. I don't know. Does Jeff Bezos have any stock in the in the Academy? Does he own any part of it? Did he, you know, he probably didn't like that song. I've heard he's very um very self-conscious of his of his self. Um there's also uh, so in the
0: case for Casey Musgraves album um the Country Screening Committee for the Academy felt it did not meet the bar of consisting of at least 51% country
2: material. Do they have like a screening for all of these folks? Because if so, I got to wonder how some of these people get into some of these categories. They sent it over to the pop screening committee. (laughs) That's a pop screen.
0: (laughs) And they Uh, felt it was primarily pop. All right. Uh, And if they had disagreed, then the country committee would have just taken it back and kept it in the country category as submitted.
2: Politics. So, uh... We the pop delegation. That's what it sounds like. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it sounds like, I mean...
0: Um... But the pop division screeners agreed it was mostly a pop Mm -hmm. album. Um... Musgrave's manager uh, and someone named Mabe, I'm not sure who they are, but uh, probably with the record label, privately and vehemently objected to it being shifted to pop. The Academy made the unusual decision to bring it to the core committee, which only oversees the top, the the big four. Mm-hmm. They, too, decided it belonged in pop.
2: Mm.
1: Uh, she so- should have gotten
2: <laughs> Billy Ray Cyrus. Help Lil Nas X. <laughs>
0: That was to just be on the country <laughs> charts to stay there. I don't think it was some, it was uh, looked at as a um, as a country song.
2: Yeah, I don't think it was either.
0: I think it was in. It might have been seen as a rap song. It might have been considered a pop song. It's something else we've never heard. <laughs> um, so what what do you think? What do you? think? Well, I don't know how much you've heard of Casey Musgraves. Album.
2: I have not yet. I, I sometimes forget that it's out just because um, I do get stuck in my ways, but I haven't listened to it yet. But, I mean, I hear what they're saying. Her last album was, was pop country, and I think, I don't know if this is just like the people who are screening these records are just purists, and they're just like, no, this isn't country. They probably didn't think the last one was country, but maybe the pop people didn't take it back, wouldn't take it, so they had to put it there. Also, considering it was, you know, nominated for, you know, one of the big album, one of the big four, um, maybe they just don't like it. I mean, traditionally, it seems like the albums that get nominated, if I remember correctly, are typically very traditional country albums, you know, sometimes are Nashville outsiders. So, um, but I mean, to me, like if you're going to call some of these songs, if you if you're going to say that she's pop and I need to listen to it then i'm going to need you to say that you know some of these other artists are pop you know um if we, we always say florida georgia line cuz i feel like it's the only person we can think of like florida georgia line or morgan wallen not luke combs luke combs is kind of like a more like a uh, kind of like a garth brooks with an edge but like some of these other folks like florida yeah florida georgia line is, is definitely That's, questionable yeah. to me
0: you put a trap beat on it okay yeah like, what's country about trap not much I mean, this not all the South is the country for those yeah. who don't live in the South. It's not all just back roads and dirt. Anyway, uh, so, um, but I think that's interesting, especially like the y'all. Does the Academy see Bo Burnham as like some avant-garde pop artist?
2: This is his okay computer. I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, comedy. Um. I don't know. Does it say where they're going to put them? Uh, the
0: the the album itself will be put in the um, visual medium for a TV or movie category. So basically, it's looked at as a soundtrack.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, so whatever you say, Academy. <laughs> um, well, I told we we've I mentioned this several times before that um, the success of Hello by Adele came <laughs> primarily from people being hungry for more Adele. And that song went on to win song and record of the year, 25, one album of the year. And five years later, well, the next album is going to be called 30. Yeah. Now I don't I don't know if it's just thirty because you know she does her songs she wrote when she was thirty, or is it thirty as in the the journalism term, which means the end of the article.
2: Oh, you think this might be her last album?
0: I don't know that that's oh. that is that is the question. I don't know if it's her last album. Oh man, if it is, it could break records. See. And she could it could just sell based on the spec that kind of speculation. We could break records. She might not
2: say anything about it being her last <laughs> album. <laughs> They're definitely hungry for this for for some for some Adele. I mean, it shows here. So
0: for those who have not seen it, Adele released a new single called Easy On Me for her <laughs> upcoming album, which will be called Thirty. And it broke the record. The official Spotify record for most streams in a single day in less than 24 hours since its release. I saw the video on YouTube at it said 23 hours ago. It had 39 million views. That's a lot of people. I think people just put, you can put, you can put a video on repeat
2: (laughs) on YouTube. Does she have a fan army? She just doesn't seem like the type that does. I think she does. I don't know if they have like a catchy name, (laughs) but I feel like they do. (laughs) The AD aliens. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I need to look that up. I need to look that up. So, Spotify
0: hasn't uh, specified how many streams exactly, but the Twitter account chart data wrote that Easy on Me and BTS's Butter uh, both went over 20 million in a single day. So, it's at least that. She
2: does have a fan army. Do they have a name? Yeah, it's kind of corny. The daydreamers.
0: Well look, some people don't. We, I, we, some people don't try. Some people don't have that kind of imagination. I thought that we came up with two great names on the spot.
2: <laughs> well, I'm just. I'm trying to make sure that this is for real. Yep, that's the. It is, and it's derived from her song, Daydreamer, from the album 19. She's been doing this for a while. But yeah, um, yeah, they're called Daydreamers. So, uh, Easy on Me dropped at midnight
0: UK time, uh, which would be 7 p.m.
2: Eastern. She would do that. She's so British. She
1: would.
2: <laughs> <laughs> And, um,
0: a review said it's Adele and just piano from beginning to end, with the faintest hint of rhythm if you squint into the ether. But essentially, solo keyboard accompanying not so subtle voice. Or yeah. is that? I don't know how that's pronounced. But anyway, Adele's album Thirty will be coming out November nineteenth, just in time for Thanksgiving. Uh, she announced it on Instagram as well, and uh, I mean, I, I'm I'm looking forward to. It. I want yeah, sure to. I'm interested to see how it too. sounds. But, like I said, I feel like the success of it is going to be from people just want more Adele. Yeah. And it's great that she can take advantage of building that kind of anticipation Mm -hmm. because no one else really does that anymore. No, You know, um, when someone's album release becomes an event. It's very rare that that happens anymore. We... The last person I've seen that with is, well, put, oh, okay. I'll make this comparison real quick. Look at Beyonce's album. There are recent her mm-hmm. recent albums. What was her last one? Uh it had to be Lemonade. Lemonade. Mm-hmm. Lemonade dropped out of the sky. Yeah. Beyonce the self title dropped out of the sky. Yeah. B Day dropped out of the sky. She just yeah, here she you go. We really
2: talk about them. She doesn't really promote albums anymore.
0: While Adele like took I, I, I think the the building the anticipation is the more traditional approach. Yeah. Put out a song, I got a new album coming. And and even and then before then was mostly radio silence. Yeah. Um, you know, we see she's dating Rich Paul. You know she was she hosted S N L for an episode, <laughs> you know. Uh but Well, I think the biggest But difference. still like she built the well I'm gonna say she built the um anticipation because we know it's coming mm-hmm. we just, don't, just know don't know when yeah and, but now we know when but she we knew we knew it was coming
2: we, but we just yeah. you know people had to wait I think the biggest difference and the reason why that is is because Adele's a writer Adele yeah. writes so her albums all have themes to them they're not concept albums but there's a theme throughout Um, Well, she she is the theme. Yeah. And what she's going through in her life. Yeah. Um, And that's why I think, you know, she's she's living her life. And then she comes and tells us what she's been doing for the past however many years. Whereas, you know, a lot of artists don't do that. And I mean, I can I can take an easy shot here at Beyonce here. Um, The fact that she likely didn't even write. Half of Lemonade, which was about supposed to be about a very personal part of her life. She she, we can argue that she didn't even write it. (laughs) She just told people how she felt and they wrote it. But, you know, that's why, you know, you have this anticipation, because when Adele makes an album, it's about her. This is what I've been experiencing for however long I'm going to take you on the ride. And um, and I really respect that about her. Um, and respect that about her music. There were two writers on this song, Greg Kirsten and Adele, whatever her last name is. <laughs> I think it's like Adele Jenkins, but I think it's Atkins. <laughs> I think I it's, think Atkins. it's Atkins. <laughs> So, like, you know, she's sitting in a studio or wherever, you know, or wherever, and, and writing these songs, and that takes time. She doesn't have an army of writers that come in and be like, hey, here's a beat, here's a song. All right, go in here and lay it down. She's not following, she's not following reference singers. She is the reference singer. <laughs> so, and and that's why I I put so much respect on her because you don't have a lot of artists of that stature and of that level of talent that do that anymore. Like the only one I can think of is what maybe Ed Sheeran, and even he has started to bring in a lot of outside producers and production as hey, he now well, does you, his you best impression what, of The weekend.
0: What, yeah, it's the weekend. He's, he's yeah. That's where he is now. He I, is. Yeah. Uh, he's bored. Uh, he has to be. <laughs> no, I'm dead. I'm and <laughs> that, to go that route. I
2: that I think bored. that's an episode idea right there. Like review knows out because I I do think at this point he's just like what a, he's basically at his John Mayer phase because this is what John Mayer had done. He had like three four really successful albums. Nothing like Room else for to squares prove. And yeah.
0: Continuum.
2: Yeah. Room for squares. Heavier things. And continuum. Heavier things. And at that point, he's like, "All right, what else do I do?" He goes so out he and makes a, a blues album. Makes a blues album. He makes <laughs> a,
0: a folk, country album. Yeah. Folk he's album. A
2: country folk. Like he's just like. And then
0: what I thought was going to be an '80s pop rock sounding <laughs> album, but apparently not.
2: But when well, they start to like the Grateful Dead, he's just like out there living his life, having fun. And I agree with you. Ed Sheeran is probably bored. He's like, "This is, how about we just try and change genres altogether? Let's see if I can do EDM. Like, oh, whatever you say, Ed. You know, it's like, <laughs> and he's out there, like, you know, you know that guy who just did the Super Bowl. Yeah, I want to, I want to try that. Let's just, <laughs> let's see what happens. And like, anyone would, you know, take the opportunity to work with him. I mean, hell, um, just on his second album, Pharrell works with him. Pharrell and Justin Timberlake work with him on, on Sing. It's just like, you know." He's just trying stuff. Power to him. I wish I had the power to do that. Just try stuff, you know. They didn't even let J.C. Shazay try that. I mean, they let him do it, but it didn't sell. You know, they didn't promote it.
0: Yeah, that was, that was <laughs> the thing. They didn't
2: promote it. <laughs> they let him do it. They're like, ooh, this might not be a good idea. <laughs> but, and, yeah. And you know,
0: he probably was like, I want to work with Pharrell. I want to work with Timbaland. We can't ooh, afford them. They're busy. <laughs> I'm on the same level, Justin. How do you? How, we can only.
2: Ooh. They only pick one and. He was first. <laughs> so, well, okay. what about Basement Jacks? <laughs> like, what about them? <laughs> like, well, we got them in another room, and they're excited to work with you. It's so, like, what's up, J.P. Shazay? Like, it's J.C. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is starting out great.
0: <laughs> or the, the one song he had for Drumline. Oh, we got you Dallas Austin.
2: Oh, Dallas Austin going to work on my album. Uh, album? Um, if by album you mean a single for a soundtrack That he's already created Yeah He's like alright man just sing over my My reference vocals Alright stop this messed up We gotta talk about that album one day though Cause they really did him dirty They really did But yeah but no for real This, I, I think we're gonna get The only thing I would say that the only knock against Adele Is And I mean and her fans don't care, so I don't care. How much has she really grown <laughs> as an artist? She's like the ACDC of adult contemporary. Like, she's just making the same album over and over and again. And she found her pocket, man. No, she really did. And she is staying in it, man. <laughs> she is staying in it. Um, I think an advantage that she
0: has as far as, you know, yeah, maybe her songs are starting to sound the same or have mm-hmm. the same kind of feel. Um, people can relate to them.
2: Yeah. No, they can.
0: And I think that's that's a I think that's a big part of her appeal that people can relate to her to her lyrics.
2: I will say in terms of the stuff that she's been releasing lately, I do miss Chasing Pavements, which I thought had a beautiful kind of jazzy arrangement, and then even a little bit of a kind of a folk rock arrangement with Rolling in the Deep. Everything she does now just seems so stripped down. Yeah, cuz at that time like on well, 19 and 21 mm-hmm.
0: There was like the jazz, yeah. there's the R&B and kind of that, that Motown sound yeah. that or Northern Soul, if you're from the UK, I want to say something oh. like that. Hey, now uh, <laughs> Northern Soul, just people who lived in that area and listened to Motown in yeah. stacks. <laughs> doing an impression. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think on, um, yeah, it was, it they dialed it way back.
2: Yeah. I mean it's just i mean it's it's very different like I and mean, yeah. and and bear in mind too that song chasing pavements was nominated for song of the year and i'm trying to remember what was nominated because you could make a good argument that it should have won but i mean that was of course when like you know british soul was like a big thing you had like her and you I'm had duffy right james morrison james blunt had been come had come out a few years earlier like it was It was a good, but I remember that song being nominated for Song of the Year, and that's kind of when I picked up on it.
0: So it won. It was also nominated for Record of the Year, and
2: great production. That's such a good record.
0: Let's see. It lost to. It lost to Viva La Vida. Shit.
2: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Ugh. Who else was nominated? That's a good. That's a good year then. Viva la vida, death to all of it, and death to all of his friends, or something like that. I can't remember.
0: Oh, let me pull it back up. Um,
2: Ooh, it's a good song. Also nominated: American Boy
0: by Estelle and Kanye. Oh,
2: a lot of writers on that one. John, John I think John Legend, Legend was a Will I that.
0: Am, yeah. Uh, Jason Mraz for I'm Yours. Ugh, Ew. Ugh. I, I, uh, I cannot that stand that song. And Love Song by Sarah Bareilles.
2: The song that she didn't want to write. <laughs> Wasn't even the best song of the album, but hey, I get it, you know.
0: And then for record of the year, um, it lost to "Please Read the Letter" by Robert Plant and Alison
1: Krauss.
0: (laughs) And I think they won album of the year for that album, yeah, which I haven't even tried to listen to. That was
2: that was the still semi give it to the old guy, yeah, before he (laughs) dies. Um, Grammy winner Robert Plant, <laughs> uh, also nominated
0: "Bleeding Love" by Leona Lewis. Ooh, for record of the year. Yeah.
2: Oh man. Ryan and it Tedder. was it was
0: produced by Ryan Tedder, and Clive Davis, and Simon Cowell, who probably were just given giving... their the... their names were
2: just slapped on. Yeah. there they didn't do anything because um, Ryan Tedder wasn't big enough to say <laughs> no. <laughs> um Paper Planes by MIA. Whoa, really. Uh, produced by Diplo that's a great song I just wouldn't ever think that's dangerous subject matter right there
0: and of course Viva La Vida <laughs> yeah
2: that's dangerous subject like that's that's such a like which one of these is not like the other it's like you got all these songs and then oh here's a song about immigrants robbing people <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's make that let's put that up there yeah is it gonna win no but it makes us look edgy <laughs> They all they always do that until they mess around and actually give them a Grammy, Arcade Fire, <laughs> and close the show, and everyone's like, "Who the hell are these guys?" Like, no one arcade. knew who they were. Is there no one knew? Is there a who they fire were. at the arcade? Like, is that what they're saying? Like...
0: Uh, before we get to your earworm of the week, let's look at the charts. Number one this week is "Stay" by the Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber. Still. I've heard like just snippets of it for from the reels or TikTok. Mm-hmm.
2: I I don't get it. Charlie get that ear, man. I, oh, he wrote it. He was he one of the writers on it. Yeah. Uh, I think he wrote a lot of the main melody, but yeah. There's another writer, my brother in law Josh was telling me. Um, but I think he kinda wrote some of the main do 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 do. Yeah.
0: Is that the top line that they, that you, yeah,
2: that's kind of the top line. Yeah. Well, I mean, so that's various, that's the top line of the vocal, but then there's also like some really cool catchy synth parts he wrote. The production that's pretty cool. Um, very echoey, very reverb-y. Apparently a lot of people really like the reverb part right before the chorus. So yeah, that probably
0: has, Sorry, has I got a notification. That. It doesn't really affect me, but, uh, Arizona Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury is tested positive for COVID.
2: I thought you were going to say he got fired. I'm like, it's kind of early in the season for that. you winning too much. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, who does that? Like, congratulations, get out. <laughs> uh, number, two. <laughs> number two, industry baby Lil Nas X
0: and Jack Harlow. Um, someone we both know just found out that Lil Nas X went to West Georgia. Oh, word. Welcome to (laughs) the club. (laughs) Number three, Fancy Like by Walker Hayes.
2: I have not heard this song. This is, if you've seen an Applebee's commercial recently, you have. (laughs) It's been their commercials. I probably heard a snippet of it. Which is why I I believe they paid him to write it. (laughs) Um, This is the highest I've probably seen a parody song like this chart. This is very funny. If you hear it, it sounds like a parody. Like he wrote it as a joke. Hey, more power to you, bro. Get paid. (laughs) Get paid. Number
0: four, Way Too Sexy by Drake featuring Future and Young Thug. Number five, Bad Habits by Ed Sheeran. Number six, Good For You by Olivia Rodrigo. Number seven, Kiss Me More, Doja Cat featuring SZA. Number eight, Levitating by Dua Lippa. Number nine, Knife Talk, Drake featuring 21 Savage and Project Pat. And number 10, Essence by WizKid featuring Justin Bieber and Tim's. Uh, one thing that is
2: I have heard okay, I heard this.
0: I don't know if people have talked about it a whole lot, but the Afro beats um wave, uh it's still ongoing. Yeah. It it's it's creeping up on people. Uh, but I guess it takes white artists like Justin Bieber <laughs> to get it to chart high.
2: I tell I heard the song with the one without him. I was just like, This sounds like what I heard when I used to go to clubs with my ex. That's what it sounds like. I was like, they've been, I was like, this has been popping over there for quite some time. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure in the video, I'm pretty sure they're in Nigeria. Like, it looks like it's Nigeria. It might
0: just be green screen.
2: Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? But they got on like, they, yeah, it's it's. So funny. look
0: out, y'all. beats is about to get <laughs> gentrified. Um <laughs> hey he's just the artist to usher it in yeah i did see this video from uh from kev on stage for people follow him on instagram or facebook uh it was these two clearly white kids with tattoos all over them and they had the kind of this you know like the spike dreadlocks mm-hmm. like kodak black a little bit
2: Oof. but they they keep singing like i'm an island boy where are they from not the islands. Okay, because <laughs> there's white Jamaicans that sound like that, but I'm guessing they're not white Jamaican. You mean Canadians? No, no, <laughs> no. There's some I've seen. There was this guy who had his father on, um, like he's just like pasty white dude with gray hair. You sure it wasn't um, speaking patois? <laughs> it wasn't uh, Tom Hanks' son. Tom? What? Colin Hanks did
0: that? Not Colin Hanks. He has another son.
2: He has another son.
0: Who's been on he's been on he's been on uh Instagram talking about he was talking about like white boy summer or whatever, but for a few videos he would speak he would speak like he's like he's Jamaican, like with with an accent and everything. And I don't I, I just feel like Tom Hanks just just put his hand over his face like I I didn't I didn't raise this. So I, I didn't raise this. Wait a second, I started
2: a little big league, not a little big league. I started big for this. <laughs> I started in the terminal for this.
0: <laughs> I did Cloud Atlas for this. <laughs> oh,
2: I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think of bad movies cuz he doesn't really do a lot of them. But if he when he did, he did that for you to be going on there and doing that. Show some respect. <laughs> I did Bachelor Party for
0: <laughs> this. <laughs> oh god. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oh man, shout out to Tom Hanks (laughs) So um, (laughs) Let's look at the Billboard 200
2: (laughs) Number one Fearless Taylor's version I'm starting to see a little bit of um, I think her fans are starting To finally realize that Some of this is a cash grab (laughs) Because they're like, why is she pushing these? Uh, Didn't Red Just come out? Not yet, Red comes out next month with, okay. like, Taylor's version with, like, all these new bonus tracks. Like, she's doing things that, like, people's families do when they're dead and they don't know how to do <laughs> what they're doing. She's doing it already. So, like, yeah, I think her fans are like, why is she pushing these albums so much? This was just supposed to be so we don't listen to Scooter Braun's version. And I'm just like, okay, now you guys are finally realizing that, you know, she's trying to make money off of this. <laughs> like, Hey, it's not free to re-record these songs, people. It's not like they just came back and said, "Oh yeah, we'll just do it again for nothing." <laughs> so, yeah, she's trying to make money, but yeah, they're her fans are young, so it's cool, they'll come around.
0: At <laughs> uh, number 2, a Certified Lover Boy by Drake. Number 3, debuting at number 3, Expensive Pain by Meek Mill. Number 4, Sincerely Contrell by YoungBoy NBA. I think he's Still in Jail? Mm, that's uh, Number five, Montero by Lil Nas X. Number six, Sour by Olivia Rodrigo. Number seven, Planet Her by Doja Cat. Debuting at number eight, Love for Sale by Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga. This is their second album together, I
1: think. Nice.
0: Or maybe third. Maybe, did they do a Christmas album together? I don't recall. But either way, what's funny is that I do. <laughs> I feel like. Lady Gaga is a fan of Tony
2: Bennett, Mm -hmm. but not really a fan of jazz music. Just him. (laughs) Just him. (laughs) Kind of like you had people who are like, I like Garth Brooks, but I don't like country. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I like Bull Smith, but I don't like rap.
0: (laughs) Uh, Number nine, uh, Dangerous, the double album by Morgan Wallen.
2: I see some people who think this could be a sneak in for album of the year probably will be. They think he's they think he could be the real deal. So,
0: and number 10 Donda by Kanye West rounding out the top 10. Let's look at the Artist 100. Number 1, Taylor Swift. Okay, what happened? Because the Feeler's Taylor's version, we talked about it months that it was ago. coming out months ago. It was number 1 or number 2 or something like that. But last week it was number 157.
2: I think she's been like really pushing and
0: promoting it or something like that. But to go from one fifty seven to one, I don't. Know. What what happened? Mm-hmm. That, I mean, like, was there a song put out? Did she hit Scooter Braun over the head with a baseball bat? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if she really has done that. <laughs> Did she, was she on SNL or something? I haven't watched SNL in a
2: long time. Kim Kardashian was. I don't know if anyone else was. Oh, yeah. She hosted it. But I I don't know what. So someone says, biggest jump ever. I, I read about this on, um let's see here. So someone says, what happened to Make a Jump again? Because of a change in how Billboard counts album sales. Physical copies of sales aren't counted until they ship. The vinyl records that fans pre-ordered, oh God, she jack-whited it. Uh, the vinyl records that fans mm. pre-ordered starting mm. back in mm. February are all shipping, which boosted the album to the top again.
0: Hmm. Would this would this be cheese?
2: Did she I mean, cheese her way to a number one album? <laughs> I mean, it's not her fault. I mean, like, if that's just how it goes, that's how it goes. I mean, I don't. I think maybe if she did it on purpose, then yeah, that's cheese. But, I mean, if it really is just like, hey, people pre-ordered vinyl and now they're finally ready. I didn't, I mean. Eight months later? Like, who still makes vinyl? (laughs) Anyway,
0: so she's not. And who
2: wants this this on vinyl? Who is just like, oh, man, you know what made my collection complete? Fearless Taylor's version on vinyl. Oh, gotta have it. Like... (laughs)
0: Uh, number two is Drake. Number three, Meek Mill. Number four, Olivia Rodrigo. Number five, YoungBoy NBA. Number six, Ed Sheeran. Number seven, Doja Cat. Number eight, The Weeknd. Uh, after being unranked last week, number nine, Brandy Carlisle. and number ten, Lil Nas X. She got a new album coming out. She got a new song.
2: Brandy Carlisle, as in like the chick from the Go Go's. That's Belinda. That's Belinda. Who is Brandy Carlisle? She's like a a country singer. Okay. I, I I I think
0: or maybe like a indie pop singer.
2: Okay, never mind. Yeah, she's she's um Yeah multi genre singer. Yeah, she multi. Alternative country also. Which basically means that Nashville don't like her. <clears throat> Just like my earworm. <laughs> uh
0: I don't I don't know what she's going I don't know what she's doing now. Uh she has a new song coming out. She had a new book, but that was in April. Anyway, she probably has new music coming. I don't know. Uh, so that'll do it for the charts. Um, so, Ben, tell us about your earworm of the week.
2: They're not like other country artists. Let me stop. Um, no, so um, I know I'm late to the party. I've heard of them before because they did a really good cover of um, Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. It's the band Whiskey Town. And um song is called 16 Days. Um, I've been kind of going off the beaten path. This is something that kind of started really last year uh, when I went um, on a trip for my anniversary listening to some bluegrass and some folk music and just really non-traditional or alternative country music. But it's really more so traditional country music. It's just not what you hear on the radio nowadays, so that's why it's called alternative country. But at Town, it uh, features Ryan Adams, who had you know, some stuff. (laughs) But yeah, it's a good song. It's, it's real, real, real country.
0: Yeah. All right, this is 16 Days by Whiskey Town, and we'll be right back. My ring. I've
3: got 16 days, 15 of those are nights. Can't sleep when the bed floods fights. Sway back to your side. We'll go to Scotland. back. All right, the swear is- back to your side. Will
0: 16 days by Whiskeytown and you can find that on our BTT YHT Earworms playlist right now.
2: Oh, oh my bad. So, <laughs> yeah. would definitely suggest checking them out if you're into that type of country that has more of the you know, the truck stop um western, you know, truck stop honky tonk vibe. You'll you'll really dig their stuff. It's very very good.
0: All right. Um <clears throat> Our BTTYHT air Warms playlist is on Spotify, and uh, that's where you can find it. So uh, we started the song. I uh, started the episode with the song "Cowboy Take Me Away" by the Dixie Chicks from their Storytellers performance.
2: I miss that show.
0: And we will be talking about the um, documentary called Shut Up and Sing. Um, this became more of an appropriate inappropriate um, <clears throat> topic because of people who've been in the news and um,
2: the and mm-hmm. uh, being canceled. Yeah. Um, well I feel I, like this is one we wanted to cover for a while. We just Yeah had to find a way to watch it. <laughs> uh, so being
0: it are the Dixie Chicks the the first <clears throat> band to be canceled or to to be to be a victim to this cancel culture type of um mm. type of environment even though it was back in 2003 pre Facebook yeah
2: i mean so the first thing that came to mind when watching it and the way in which their you know country music fans and it was country music fans mostly The respond to them was the same way that the religious the black religious community um or in you know in some cases who was they were essentially black conservatives did they vote conservative no but they had a lot of conservative values religiously um bought rap albums to stomp on them they were essentially you know they were essentially trying to cancel these artists but they didn't have the influence of you know, the influence really just people didn't care as as much as they cared in 2002 when this occurred um, or 2003 when this occurred. And we're going to war and, and stuff like that. You didn't have that behind it. You just had, you know, a bunch of religious people who are outraged and they're stomping on albums. Whereas in 2003, we're going to war and President Bush's um, uh, approval ratings are at an all time high and, and. What they just said seemed blasphemous. Yeah, that's, um, and we'll, we'll get into
0: we'll get into that yeah. in a little bit. Um, so, uh, "Shut Up and Sing" is the name of the documentary. Um, if you have Amazon Prime and the movie sphere subscription, you can watch it there. Uh, you can watch it on YouTube, of course. You can rent it there, but if you use Tubi mm-hmm. or Pluto, and if you just have an account. They're free to
2: yeah. watch. It's Highly to recommend watch. both services.
0: So you can watch it on there. Uh, I watched it on Tubi. I had never used Tubi before. Um, so I have a Tubi account now. <laughs> 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 um, so you have some notes. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some notes. Uh, so let's just let's just get started. Uh, Dive on in. The first thing I had was, because at the very beginning, um, they're about to go on stage. Uh and for their tour the the taking the long way tour i'm not sure if that was the name of the tour but um they were talking about uh, or I, maybe maybe i got the timeline mixed up there yeah, but basically taking the long way tour like reading the you're reading the comment section about things that are written about them or message boards or mm-hmm. something i'm like this is why the comment section is a wasteland <laughs> With the stuff they were saying. Like, nothing has
2: changed. Yeah. The comment section is fifteen. Exact same that it was the exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I thought they had a good sense of humor about it. Um you could call what they did career suicide. (laughs) Um and you know, they came out as we'll talk about later, kinda smelling roses in 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 a sense, you know, probably the most critically acclaimed album they made to date. Um and through through it all, as you kind of see through the hard times and the and the good times I had a good sense of humor, like it takes a really strong willed person, I think to go through that and then still read you know some of the things being said about you because <laughs> you know I know some people are like, oh well, they're white well, and they're all but they're also women, and when it comes to that, what are men gonna do? They're gonna say every misogynist thing they yeah, can say men are going under gonna the, the lash sun out.
0: When women say something controversial, yeah. sometimes when they just say anything <laughs> at all, but if it's controversial,
2: then and they don't agree know. with it. Yeah. They're going to, you know, they're going to any, you know, they're going to bring out the, they're going to bring out the playbook. Yeah. And especially if they're not as in, if they're not intelligent, it's going to be like really ignorant. So, <laughs> and that was some of the things and, you know, it's kind of telling where he was like, ah, I don't want to read that part. She's like, come on, read it, read it. It's like he, clearly he's not comfortable reading. <laughs>
0: um, and they, you know, they go, they kind of go back to the to two thousand three. They perform, they did the national anthem at the Super Bowl. I totally
2: forgotten about that, man. They, um, because that was the year of the slip. No, that wasn't. No, that, that was, was the too next far. Year. That's two thousand four. Never mind. No, no, no. That, that was, was a one,
0: sophomore. Two thousand three. They performed at the one. That um, that the Buccaneers won the first one.
2: I just remember I was a, um, me, I just know remember I was a sophomore living in River. No, in um, no, we Kelton were still place. freshmen. No, I'm talking about um, during the 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 slip. Oh yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that, yeah. yeah this, was, that this was this kind of, was yeah. Oh yeah, I got those mixed up.
0: <laughs> so I was writing. I wrote it was all good just three years ago. Um, <laughs> So 2003 was an interesting time because the way that they described that we were going to war and everything, we're in the midst of a war and it just never really felt like it. To me, I didn't get like, this is wartime, you know, I didn't, it wasn't like with, like with Vietnam where my friends from high school or college are going to Afghanistan. Yeah. I, I didn't really get, I didn't, I didn't have that. I think maybe a couple of them went, uh, but. I I don't know. Yeah. Well, It, it, it just never felt like, yeah. oh, this is wartime. Mm-hmm. It's time to be serious and, and ultra patriotic. And, yeah. You know, because um, I did have that, you know, uh, the – I think what people did, and I think people still do it now, is that the war and the president are synonymous. mm if you say something against the president, then you're saying something against his decisions, yeah. which includes going to war.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that means you don't support the troops. Like, people extrapolated so much. From that one statement. From that one statement. It was kind of like mm-hmm. with when Sam Smith said the thing about Michael Jackson, like, yeah. it was just about, like, I don't really listen to Michael Jackson, but I like this song. It was something like that. Mm-hmm. And people like, these white people of been listen to our music. Did they take from it? Yeah. And then, like, okay, he said one sentence, yeah. right? So I think this all came from, I don't know if she was making a joke or not. I mean, maybe it was a joke. It was just kind of a,
2: huh? It looked like she, so I'd never seen a video of her saying the statement. Yeah. And I thought she was, like, saying it me, in a mean way. It felt like a joke. It felt like, you know, as the person who has been a lead singer of a band, you make jokes on stage because you've got to fill time in between songs. And like she said, you don't plan it out. You just you're just talking (laughs) and you hope what you say is entertaining while, you know, someone tunes their guitar or something. (laughs) You get ready for the drummer to count out the next song, you know, because you don't want your people to be bored. So, I mean... The only thing I will say is like the little grin she kind of gave when she looked to the right, when she looked to—I guess maybe she was looking at Emily. I don't know which one she was looking at, but like that look she kind of gave, and she goes like, and she kind of sticks out her tongue and, and winks at her or something. She said this before. <laughs> <laughs> like this isn't the first time she said this. She has said this before, and I, I will I will continue to hammer that home about how she feels about what was it the forty third president? Yeah. The, about the forty third, how she felt about him, I will hammer that home.
0: Um, so the uh, next thing, uh, the next thing I had was,
2: um, did you catch what their manager said? What mission you? accomplished? He <laughs> 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 was great. Mission accomplished. I was like, did he really say that? Like, <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> I guess maybe throughout the film, like she kind of had to really double down on it. Yeah. Um, I think all, not, bec- not only because, you know, it would be bad for her to go back on it, but eventually, and this is the point I came to, and we'll, we'll kind of get to this point later, they were right.
2: Yeah. The Iraq war has aged like milk. That was the third thing I wrote. Like, you could tell... She's you know right before, so she's really paying attention. She's asking like, "Are we about real about the roll trip?" Oh god, she's upset. You know, she's really upset about it. She was really invested in this, and yeah, she was right. <laughs> but you know, you're not supposed to you know like you said, you're not supposed to say anything, anything about the president and his decisions. Yeah, but she was right. Um. I don't
0: know, and because of what she said. Now she said, uh, "We're ashamed or I'm ashamed that the president is from Texas." Mm-hmm. That was it. Yeah, she, or just, or like we're against this war. We're not. Yeah, we're we not stand about with violence. you guys because there's a protest in the UK. Yeah, yeah. Some, but like we said, people extrapolated so much from that, um, and it seemed like all the that we saw all the familiar conservative media faces,
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> many of whom who don't have a leg to stand on yeah. if we're just being real, yeah. But yeah, and one who is still on the air, yeah, somehow. Uh, but uh,
0: they. They're like, well, the these statements. It's like they 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 made it seem like she went on a rant.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> I, like I said, I thought she was pumping the president her
2: fist and screaming, and like it was just like a, it was like a it was stage banter. That is literally all it was was stage banter. I was actually kind of disappointed at how casually she said it. It was yeah. like, that's it.
0: Because it was like I feel like she's she might have been the kind of person where probably wanted her money's worth of criticism <laughs> <laughs> if it was going to be
2: like this. Yeah. <laughs> this like, I, I should have gone more. down guns blazing yeah. if, it was, if people were going to react like this. So inevitably, I always look at things like this because I just wonder um, how much faster. So we see the spreading of this. Yeah. You know, it hits UK media, then it hits US media.
0: And it was over the course of a few days.
2: How much faster? <laughs> if we've got well, ig it, yeah, live if everyone's and got TikTok,
0: yeah, yeah with social media like yeah. i said this was 2003 pre facebook maybe uh the beginning of myspace and i don't know if there was a uk version of black planet <laughs> uh, but uh <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man but it would have i mean it it would have been immediate yeah, if by the end of the show, you might, people are sharing. It, people would have seen
2: it. Oh, I mean, hell, if you're going, if you're like live, we would have known instantly. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been at the. T- it would have been on Reddit. Someone like uh, Natalie Maines hates the president. <laughs> so I was just wondering that you know, um, the next note, you know, do you think they were mad at Natalie? Who in the Emily and 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 Marty like in the moment where they're like, girl, shit, oh, like. Are... I think, um,
0: uh, Marty, the, the blonde, because Emily, she had b- brown hair. So I think Marty was more uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, Emily kind of saw it for what it was. Like, it was a joke. It was something yeah. as banter, just, you mm-hmm. know, until we get to the next song. Um. But because I wrote that, Marty wanted no parts of any of this. <laughs> no. Um, you know, because they talked about, well, you know, she could just do an interview or, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they, like, like, they didn't want to be like, in it. You put know? her out there. Yeah, like, I just <laughs> play banjo.
2: <laughs> I just play fiddle. Like, they didn't want the smoke. Um, I just, because my whole thing is just like, you know, when she said... We're ashamed that he's from our home. Do you speak for them? You say we. Do you speak for them? <laughs> cuz when you're the lead singer, people, you know, you're synonymous with the yeah, band. Yeah, you speak for the band. What you say, you know, it's like was like what was the last thing the drummer said before he got fired? Hey guys, I got some ideas for songs. Like that's just you speak for I can make that joke I've been a drummer. But like you speak for the band. So um Yeah, like cuz so after that happens and you see them kind of discussing it i could tell right then natalie feels strongly like she said it as a joke and she seems willing to go back and be like you know i was just kidding but like she clearly feels strongly about this yeah it's how she felt that's why it felt like she didn't she couldn't back down cuz
0: no. she knew that would look bad but she kind of she leaned into it yeah. because that's how she really felt. Yeah.
2: She's a firecracker. And they yeah. said, like, the reason our fans like us is because of what you get with her. I think I wrote, like, you can't ask a tiger to change its stripes. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, this is what got y'all here. <laughs> so it's just like, you kind of deal with, you know, what did Cat Williams say? That tiger didn't go crazy. It went, that the tiger, tiger went tiger. tiger. That was Chris Rock. Natalie went, oh, that, yeah. that's Chris Rock. Like, <laughs> Natalie went Natalie. <laughs> Like that's just what she's. That's what she is. Yeah, she's from Texas. I guess there's some firecrackers out in Texas, but like, you know, that's just who she is, and that's what got them there. And you ride the hot hand, you know. Yeah. Because um, I've always known Natalie's name. I did not know their names until this. Uh, yeah. Until this, I didn't know their names. I thought they were twins this whole time, <laughs> and they're not. I was just like, oh, I like the fiddle chick. She's kind of cute. Like, I <laughs> but I knew who Natalie Maines was because yeah. she is, as far as like you know, a country a female country band or tree or whatever they are. I think she really kind of just has a lot of personality. Even when I see them in their music videos and stuff like that, she's just, you know, she has a lot of personality. Um, second. Okay.
0: So, um, <laughs> an underrated part of the whole documentary is their manager.
2: He is hilarious. <laughs> I thought that he was just someone they got for the tour over the yeah. UK. I was like oh he probably knows the area and they come back like he's their manager he manager there for real, man, and he right. is British and he is awesome <laughs> and I felt like the entire time it felt like a wacky comedy he's just trying to reel them in all right girls calm down calm down <laughs> was wait is it, he tried to use
1: the controversy
0: <laughs> like he tried to like he tried to use it use the whole thing as uh, to their uh to their benefit. Um, but I liked how he, uh, there was constant communication with them.
2: Yeah. I like uh, that. Because I like they, he, that. I'm sure
0: he had some ideas, um, and they may be limited on what their options are going forward. Uh, so they wanted, so he was always, you know, constantly communicating with them mm-hmm. about the next step, which I he love felt part. What, I believe he felt they could get through this mm-hmm. it's just they have to um they have to be deliberate and they really have to have a strategy yeah to make this comeback Or I because they did was didn't, interesting and not first part of it is don't look at it as a comeback just mm-hmm. look at it as okay we're making the next album mm-hmm. and how are we going to navigate that
2: you, you you rarely see artists in crisis like that Yeah. Like where they're like literally and it it got heated a little bit, you know, like where they're trying to craft the statement and how should we say this? And you're going to say this. And like you said, well, maybe she can do an interview by herself. Like, it's just like you, 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 I will say with this documentary, and I don't know if maybe this was in this footage was intended for something else because they had a lot of access. Well, um, I think it was
0: just because at the time, because we looked at how many albums they had oh, sold. Oh, a lot. <laughs> they're the biggest selling group in North America, yeah. at least, or and one of the biggest selling groups in the
2: world. Yeah, because this is before, like, you think this is before Confessions, because this is 2000. Yeah, 2003. Yeah, this is 2003. Fly, uh, we looked up, sold, was Diamond, uh, at least. Yeah, like I 13. Was, yeah. And then before sold that, 10. Wide Open Spaces sold 13
0: million. Yeah, so, Wide Open Spaces was 10. Fly wide open spaces was 13 fly,
2: fly was, was 10.
0: 10 home was six yeah
2: so that's about almost what 29 million yeah almost um so that's and especially for a country act like that's that's a pretty big deal so uh, that's just in america yeah so i wonder you know what they're you know there's a film crew there maybe they're making like you know this is for the doc this is a documentary to document this Top of the world tour, we're going on, we're going overseas, and all this stuff, and like the the access we were given, you know, is really the level of access that you may be given now with social media, yep. with someone going on live and having, you know, like we're seeing them work out what they're going to do. Almost
0: everything but a Q and A with the fans themselves. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so I th- I thought that was very interesting, and I'm I'm glad the filmmakers were able to take advantage of that because you see them. You kinda got to see them at their most vulnerable, which you don't usually get to see in a documentary. Usually the band you see what the band wants you to see. And I think because of what they went through, I think the whole point of this was for us to see them kind of at their lowest. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Because um. otherwise it would I don't think it would have worked if it's just like, yeah, it was all like sunshine and rainbows. No the fuck it wasn't. <laughs> it was have <not> even close. <laughs> Then we, we would have
0: seen, like, something's wrong. Something's yeah, wrong here. Something's wrong. It was wrong. looking like that.
2: You guys are not telling the truth. Uh,
0: <laughs> and like you talked about with, you know, people buying the albums and, and steamrolling them. them or bulldozing <laughs> them.
2: I have never—I still don't understand that. That's why I went diamond. Because <laughs> you bought all of them to run Go them. Go buy all the, C- <laughs> all the Dixie Chick CDs you can buy. Maybe you should get cassettes. They're cheaper. No, get CDs. We're making a statement. Like— what are we gonna do with them? Throw them in the trash, steamroll them, them, set them on fire? Like they had a, oh god, that's so cheesy, man. That's just so save your money. Yeah, that that was CDs I, were an ex, were not cheap back then, people. It's like twenty bucks down the yeah. drain. If you burned, if, if it was burn, on sale, yeah. maybe fifteen dollars. If you burned <laughs>
0: all three, you're out of sixty dollars. <laughs> and since the mall was booming, you went to Sam Goody and Fye. Oh. <laughs> Like, I was going to
2: say, they're buying them in the heartland, Greg. They're going to Walmart.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah, They're in the heartland. Because they're, mostly. Go down to they're the, clean, and they're, clean, yeah, they're so clean, they don't have to be edited yeah. like the rap
2: CDs. Mm-hmm. Go down to the Walmart and buy the Dixie Chicks record, and they were going to go out there and have a good old CD burning. <laughs> <laughs> they had an
0: event. They post flyers on the telephone poles. Oh, man. And it's at the park, which is across the street from the library or something <laughs> in the middle of town. <laughs> oh <God. laughs> Um, so, what, well, well, I wanted to get to, and I, I think you had some notes on as well, as far as the, the war itself, uh, as far as relation to what happened with the Dixie chicks, um, there is, or what well, was, and I believe still today is no, there's no room to not support the war. Uh, because, like mm-hmm. I said, the president and the war are synonymous. If you are against yeah. the president, then you are against the war, then you are against yeah. the troops, then you are against protecting the country. Now you are treasonous. Yeah. Now you are a traitor.
2: Well, I think so. I, I think we've kind of grown a bit as a society where we can – I think there's enough people whose voices can be heard to where you can come out and criticize the president. Because, I mean, I feel like this the last president – was probably one of the most criticized presidents we've ever had did he have a lot of support from his base yes outside of that everyone hated him I mean literally he lost the major he lost the the majority vote twice yeah <laughs> so I feel like you know at nowadays you can do it a little bit more because the other side kind of has a voice like there wasn't there's no real thing such as like you know left-wing radio like it's just not it's not a thing, you know, but what can you do now? You can get on Instagram live and, and talk about, you know, if you're on the left, I, things like that. I think there is
0: left-wing radio, but it's not as – it's not, not going to be hyped. as hyped or shocking. I mean, <laughs> left the closest thing though, like, left-wing radio or left-wing media, I guess, someone had a chart of, like, all
2: of the, the, the media, media outlets, outlets
0: yeah. and how far they lean left or right or whatever. Like – the young Turks, is but the
2: young Turks went around back then, though,
0: I know, I yeah. know, I'm just saying for example, okay, yeah, they're
2: very left they they're
0: left, <laughs> and info wars, I want to say they're right, I don't know if they're far right or just like they're not in on the chart yeah, because they are somewhere else, far out, yeah. <laughs> uh, or someone like um. A uh, guy who used to be with Young Turks. It's like I think his name is Hassan something. Oh,
2: okay, yeah. He used to be like their leader almost. Yeah, he has like an Islam name, but he looks white. I can't. Is it Hassan Pike or something like that? Yeah, yeah. He does look white. <laughs> <laughs> he looks very white. Uh, He's very left. You
0: know, and there, and then there's you know the the certain networks like Fox News is considered right. Mm-hmm. CNN is considered left, but I think they're just trying to be the opposite of uh, whatever they, Fox News is doing. Yeah. Uh, so I think that there, like you said, there was no. Um, I mean, there there was still the 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 right wing media because Fox yeah. News was the other around then. But mm-hmm. as far as the left wing, there was no one who was like, you know. We should. I there there were. We didn't see any news clips of people saying, "Well, you know, the they, the Dixie Chicks didn't really. They didn't mean it that way, or yeah, they should that. be free to to have their criticisms." Well, also uh, because think- it's not a universal. There was no like consensus that mm-hmm. the war like is is a good idea. We have to do this. We need to do this. There was no consensus mm-hmm. on that. At least
2: not from my perspective. No, there. I don't think there was. I don't. I also don't think because I think the other thing we're ignoring is their genre. It's country yeah. music. I mean, and and the way that
0: we stereotype, yeah, country and its listeners and the fans. It's dumb redneck.
1: As they said before, they that said lives
0: on that in the South, <laughs> chewing tobacco. They all drive trucks or drive four wheelers, mm-hmm. cleaning their guns and their Bibles, cleaning their guns, wearing uh stars and bars shirts. yeah, um, and drinking what natty light, drinking what well, natty light. If you're middle class, um. <laughs> And Bud Light, if you got a little bit,
2: of, if you got some money. You got some money. Drink some Bud. <laughs> yeah, that's that's their fan base, or at least the, the pastiche of their fan base. Um, because as we see later, they still had a lot of fans. Yeah. Um, but you've got what we kind of still have now, which is a quote-unquote vocal minority. Whereas, you know... You've got this core set of beliefs, but everyone doesn't feel that way or everyone doesn't agree across the board with them. But there's a vocal minority of people who are the loudest. The, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. They're the loudest, the ones who like so they do the photo shoot and, you know, they're seeing all these things that people are saying about them on those message boards. And they write these things on them and they take a picture on, uh, you know, with, was it Rolling Stone? I think it was. With those words on them, the, yeah. di- the Dixie yeah. sluts. Like we said, when when it's a woman, you get misogynist. <laughs> you call them the Dixie sluts. <laughs> I want to uh, ask you about that. Because um, I feel
0: like I, I, I've had this feeling before that I don't like having to err on the side of people being stupid and easily <laughs> offended. <laughs> and, like, kind of curb what I say to people or... Kind of edit my opinion on something, Mm -hmm. Um, because the their publicist said I think you're giving too much credit to the American public. Yes, they're not that smart. Yes, I I wanted to bring that up. Absolutely right. Yes, she (laughs) no,
2: she is. She really is. So the yeah the media training session and and her saying that like you know it's gonna go over their head. You're giving them it like, and that's when I I started to kind of think, they might be trying to move away from country music, because with her having said that, with Na- what Natalie said, and with the way in which she was just like, kind of had a laissez-faire attitude, like if we lose fans in country music, we'll
0: just do something
2: else. Yeah, like that's she just how she looked at it. Yeah, like okay, fine, we can. We're mus- We're musicians. We're writers. We can, because I think at at that point it might have gone to 2005 where you see them working with a lot of people who are not country musicians.
0: Yeah. So it kind of. haven't seen it. Uh, yeah. Chad Smith plays on uh, Taking the Long Way. Yeah. Played drums on there. And um, what was his name? Dan Wilson Dan from, Dan from Semisonic. Dan Wilson <laughs> from Semisonic is, uh, plays in the album and, and wrote a couple of songs yeah. with them. So they are. And like we said, like, you know, for people who listen to our Shania Twain episode, Shania Twain and Mutt Lang writing together, Mm -hmm. that's kind of a rare thing in country, as far as for the female artists. Yeah. Because it would, and compared to Faith Hill, who had 10 different songwriters for 10 songs. (laughs) So, uh, but they were country songwriters and musicians. They went outside. And they went outside
2: the box, and they recorded in Los Angeles. Yeah. Just like a (laughs) no-no. You're supposed to stay in Nashville. But, um. I thought that was it was telling you know that there I was just like I don't like if you don't like what she said about the president on stage you really won't like what they're saying about you behind closed doors
1: yeah
2: behind because behind closed doors it was clear that not only did Natalie not respect these people but their man their man their publicists didn't respect these people (laughs) and I made so I made a note when I came in and I saw you, you know, finishing it up and I said I think that because Natalie grew up with these people, she understands who they are, how they think and what they'll do and I think she was like, I think at a certain point she saw it as a we're not getting out of this alive, so screw them. Yeah. Like we don't need them. <laughs>
0: because every everything that <laughs> they're they are not coming back to us. <laughs> everything that would they would normally do as far as they're making the album and then how they promote it, they couldn't do it that same way. Yeah. So it's like whatever happens happens or or let's see if we can have more control over
2: over what we actually do. Mhm. Uh, Cuz as mad as Americans got, yeah. they cheered her in the UK when she said that. Yeah. They were like, "Whoa, yeah!" Like nobody or They say, Probably just Woo. thought she was being funny. Yeah, no one said, "Get off the stage!" Like no one's. So clearly, there's you know, and they stayed and watched the whole show. So, <laughs> uh, um, no one shouted, "Shut up and sing!" Like. <laughs> uh, so,
0: any anything else you want to add about that up to this point?
2: No, but I just, I just I, I just when I heard that though, I wonder if she got any flack for that when the documentary came out. Because she literally just called the American public stupid, and you know, I imagine the people who the pe- I, I imagine like there's probably some people who are like you know two two sets of people the people that that don't think it's about them. That's the smart people who actually get what she's saying, and the dumb people who she's talking about. And she's like, "Dang, that ain't me. I'm I'm educated. I know what's going on." Like, <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> like I said, like I I.
0: I hate that feeling Yeah, when if you have to change what you're what you're doing just so you don't offend somebody. I mean, I mean, as far as someone who you in the back of your mind, you think they're dumb. Yeah. (laughs) And you think they're going to be easily offended. You know, kind of like that scene in the Forty Year Old Virgin with with Kevin Hart. Using he's big like, words, he's like using too many big words. <laughs> you throw too many big words I'm at me,
2: so I'm gonna I'm... take that as
0: disrespect.
2: <laughs> oh God, that's that scene is so so smart and just it just yeah yeah because that's how people feel. Like I, I don't understand what you're saying, so I'm mad.
0: Like... <laughs> <laughs> that might be the title of the episode. I don't understand what you're saying, so I'm mad. <laughs>
2: uh um, yeah. so um but yeah so this yeah. yeah this is where it goes to 2005 and you know they're making an album of course you know if you know what that was you know that what they're making but if you don't know then because i thought they had just disappeared after 2003 <laughs> and nothing came out say so, oh because they just stopped doing music <laughs> but um i want to ask you this though When they did the—when they they
0: were—it was very interesting to see them kind of strategizing the Diane Sawyer
1: interview.
2: That was very—especially as someone who studied PR, I did not know that they would go so far as to, like, we've analyzed her interviews. And, And like, like
0: if you're looking at, okay, she asked them these kind of questions. Yeah. Or with the the whole segment, since this is 2020 or prime time Mm -hmm. or whatever, they're going to start with this kind of clip. She'll start with uh, the hardball question. Yeah, so— like that is,
2: um, but when you sell close good to, to thirty have million kind of records, line. that's what they're gonna do. Oh yeah, like, yeah. You yeah. get, you know, you get that. That's what you, you know. Lil Bow Wow wasn't getting. <laughs> if you had a controversy, Lil Bow Wow
0: ain't been on twenty twenty. You know, <laughs> like
2: you. That's what you're getting because, like, we can't. Like she says, we're their cash cow. Like. Yeah. Yes, you're our cash cow. We need to make sure the milk stays good. So here's some, here's how Diane, like, I, that's not cheap <laughs> to get yeah. that type of stuff. That's probably, I mean, I imagine Sony you, maybe where, has an house Who in-house? even
0: thinks of that? Like it said, like the team that they had behind them oh, is yeah. tremendous. Yeah. Who thinks of, we need to analyze Diane Sawyer's interviews,
2: yeah, to figure out what she might ask yeah. you I thought that was that was a that was very telling like I would hope that anyone that watched that like has a hard time trusting <laughs> what they hear their favorite artists say in interviews now yeah that's um i and in the interview itself,
0: even though they just showed a little bit of it, I couldn't tell if Diane Sawyer was trying to. Either divide them, oh, yes. or help them.
2: No, she was trying to divide.
0: I was getting, I was, I was, I was thinking of like, but maybe, uh, maybe she's trying to help them or like, like make it a softball question. But it, it just yeah. didn't come off that way. Was it was like I feel yeah. like she was. I mean, when I say divide, I mean she's trying to divide the three, the three yeah. women.
2: Turn Emily and Marty on Natalie. And I, I felt that, and then I felt they continued when they go to the future, which is 2005, <laughs> and you start hearing, I believe is Marty. Which one's the blonde, was it? Marty. Marty, Marty talk about why bands break up, because she's asking yeah. Chad Smith. And, I mean, if there's a band that's had some turmoil, you, your guitar player dies, your other guitar player kind of comes and goes. Like, they've had some issues. And talking about, like, you know, how do you – Divide up songwriting and stuff and he ex- and he explains it. And I that they if, just yeah, they yeah, just come like, up with a song, you know so in that scene,
0: talking to Chad Smith. It's a great uh, scene. From the Red Hot Chili Peppers. He's a drummer for the Red Hot Chili Peppers and uh Will Ferrell Doppelganger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it talked about with uh with how do they split up the writing credits. And for me, I just felt that Anthony Kiedis writes the lyrics. That's what I felt. And John Frusciante
2: has the has the melody, maybe or sometimes he Flea does with it. the chords. Yeah, and I mean, I imagine with a band like that, because you have such a dynamic bass player like like Flea, he's probably coming in. He writes a bass riff, and maybe then and then they write a and then they write song around that. Write a song around, around yeah, that. Song so around yeah, that. yeah. So,
0: but they all they split the credit evenly. Yeah. all the time. And uh, they were talking about if, like, sh- would there, basically, would there be resentment later on? Like, if if actually it's one person doing all the writing, mm-hmm. but they're still splitting it up evenly, you know, they're going to resent that, okay, I did this to make y'all happy, mm-hmm. but I'm still doing all the work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Natty was saying that she... She couldn't do that if she felt that way. That she couldn't just yeah. do that just to make the other band It'll members make her happy. upset. Yeah. But looking at the album that they were making, it looked like they
2: <laughs> split the records. Yeah. <laughs> and then Marty goes on and says she thinks the reason a lot of bands break up is because people start to resent the singer
0: yeah like the the rest of the band resents the lead singer and i was and just then like the then, or yeah. the lead singer resents the, the band the and rest
2: it, of the band. it's and that's why i was like okay they're building like with the going from the diane sawyer interview where she clearly tries to divide them yeah to this i was like there's tension there and that's when i went back once again to are they mad at her because at this point we're we're three that's, years with the future yeah,
0: that's what I I've, I've been throughout the whole yeah. film I'm thinking like are they upset with her like yeah. I think that I feel that Marty might have uh, like she wanted to
2: say something yeah.
0: but maybe didn't know what to say or how to express it yeah without upsetting Natalie but it's like they well, I don't know if they
2: she's your cash cow like I mean they, like I don't know if they had that conversation ever maybe privately
0: maybe privately
2: yeah
0: uh hopefully privately because it it would help them Uh, but i mean after this album they didn't make another one for 14 years yeah
2: maybe they needed a break too yeah
0: maybe they had that conversation and then that break
1: happened yeah but (laughs) But, yeah yeah, and that's
2: what i started feeling because we're three we're you know three to four years removed from what you did what you said um we're making another album and you know as we find out later, a lot of, a lot of um, trepidation around this album. How's it going to do? Are people going to take us? Are people going to accept us? You know, in one corner, Natalie is like, welcome. I don't care if they take us back. <laughs> in the other corner, you know, Emily and Marty are like, well, we, you know, I like country music and it's what I've been listening to and blah, blah, blah. So it's like you've got this, these kind of two opposed forces where I, if you, I feel like if you would have asked Natalie, she'd want to make a rock record probably. Whereas Natalie and uh, where Marty and Emily are like, no, I mean, these instruments don't really fit into rock. So (laughs) it goes a step further, (laughs) which, yep,
0: (laughs) when they go to Rick Rubin's house. So Rick Rubin produced uh, Taking the Long Way. He was not in the studio at all. At least we didn't see it.
2: Produced in a loose fashion. (laughs) I felt but like he was a manager of egos. He's the only one listed. He's the only producer yeah. listed. <laughs> there were like there was like a mixing engineer, a sound engineer, and all that stuff. And it's like who produced it? Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin. <laughs> this is why Slipknot doesn't like him. <laughs> but it's thing like if this is how he produces everything, it works. Yeah, because like it's, it's my more god, from, it works. It's
0: more from the he is trying to feed into your mental state. Like yeah. where are you mentally? Because we had an episode about him. Where are you mentally? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's explore that. Yeah, and trying to get that out of you in the in the music.
2: I figured but, he was there in the studios because I knew I always knew he did that, but I figured he was at least there. Like they go to this dude's house. Like you see
0: him, so, like he sometimes they see him, be maybe every day. Yeah. But he's there sometimes. We didn't see him at all. <laughs> but he
2: he almost sounded kind of like quality control, kind of like yeah, how like a Barry Gordy. Yeah, kind of like how you know, Lincoln Park brought him a ton of songs. And we're whittling them down. Like, I'm not going to contribute to the songwriting. You're going to bring me your songs. I'm going to tell you what the best ones are. He was giving her advice. Oh, the, the melody in the pre-chorus is really strong here. And the verse is really strong here. Oh, that's a great change. You know, or maybe you should take this one, just rewrite everything. Like, he was. he's giving you, he's not going to tell you how to rewrite it or what to rewrite. But he's going to be like, yeah, that, mm-mm. Take it, change it, take it out. And then, so getting to what you're talking about in terms of their, I don't really know what my place is on this album. You kind of start to hear a little bit more like, you know, is the band going to make it? (laughs) You know, she's like, you know, I don't want to just, you know, have a song and we just slap some fiddle on it just because, you know, because I I play the fiddle, you know. And that's where he kind of comes in. He's like, well, I mean, I think the thing to do is just get some good songs and then run them through the Dixie Chicks filter and blah, blah, blah. Like, I think he's just like, shut up, we're making a good record here
1: like
2: (laughs) like, I don't need you coming in here and like harshing the vibe like we're gonna win some Grammys people (laughs) if you just shut up and play the fiddle (laughs) but uh, and I mean like and I'll be honest I've never been in a creative situation where I've not been the creative force and so I say that like in all the bands I've been in Where we were doing something original, I was a creative force. I've never had to worry about is my voice being heard, you know. Yeah. Um. I think this would be a really good question to put to like a drummer or a bass player, because I've I've played drums in a band, but it's a cover band, so I never had to worry about like, man, am I really contributing to what we're doing?
0: But you see that the kind of the rarity of with with a lot of bands, you think either the lead singer or the lead guitarist or one of the guitarists is the songwriter. Mm-hmm. But in cases like the police It's one person. Yeah. <laughs> one person the other two guys they write sometimes. Yeah. They might get one song of on the album and, you know, he gets the other the other seven or eight. Mm-hmm. Um Pete Wentz is the primary songwriter for Fallout Boy.
2: So I mean they have like a, a Bernie Toppin, Elton John type thing. Like um Pete Wentz writes all the lyrics and um Patrick right saw the music and the melodies. Okay. So that's why they have these weird lyrics and weird titles because he's not writing melodies. He's literally just writing lyrics.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> My songs know what you did in the dark. That's why you have that. Well, that's part of the hook though, but he's just writing But lyrics. With some of those other ones. Yeah.
0: Um, he's writing lyrics. <laughs> the only, the only other example I can think of is, um, well, I know with, with she, that was a songwriting team with, uh, Edwards and Rogers. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing I, I I don't know if I've told you this, but if you ever read the song "Too Shy" by Kajigugu, mm-hmm. listen to that song is like clearly the bass player wrote this song. Oh, yeah. he, well, he was the driving
2: force. <laughs> but yeah, he was he, he was, was the primary really songwriter
0: yeah, anyway. Yeah. But it was like very clear. Uh, yeah, he he wrote this.
2: Yeah, <laughs> It's just and it's funny because it's very rare that you have a band where the bass player is the primary songwriter. Period. Like I think of the Police and maybe like Primus. <laughs> <laughs> like i can't think of many other bands where it's like the bass player is writing everything (laughs) i I can't but i've i've never had to struggle with that feeling before you know where it's like you don't really write a lot you're just in there you're you're a musician and i imagine maybe you probably feel like i might as well be a session person like i'll sing some background vocals and I'll stand to your left when we're up on stage, and, you know, because the singer is the person that people hear, you know, that's who they come to see the other two, you know, to the casual fan, you could tell them like, that's not the original. And they wouldn't probably wouldn't know like if they're casual, but they know if Natalie wasn't there.
0: Um, So the segments where there, are uh, Marty's talking about her pregnancy and, yeah, she came in there very pregnant, playing that banjo. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, that that was Emily.
1: Hold on. Emily was the. One oh pregnant. wait, wait, wait. Okay, yeah, yeah, my bad. Marty she had talked already about had her had her kids.
0: Yeah. Um. So they were talking about that, and you know they're still trying to have a life and be a uh, a mother and have this family while they're in the midst of all this, and. You know we see that music as such an essential part of their lives because mm-hmm. the, the it's the band started with them with those two they were it was their it was their group and then natalie comes in yeah um and a clutch singer there's a
1: <laughs>
0: there's a lot on the line mm-hmm. with them like i think marty was saying it would be a shame if these if this album never got heard and we weren't able to continue
2: yeah
0: um so there's a lot on the line with them, and that wasn't explored too much, I guess. But we got a glimpse of that of like how they felt mentally going into the or emotionally mm-hmm. going uh, with promoting the album and making it.
2: Um, I imagine that was yeah. an expensive album to make too, because Rick Rubin's not cheap. No, you relocate to L.A., which is not cheap. <laughs> You know, you've got Chad Smith. I don't know how much he charged, but I can't imagine he's cheap. Like, you know, I don't know what Dan Wilson was charging per song, but like studio time in L.A. at Sunset Sound, which is a world famous studio, like none of that's cheap. So, oh, there,
0: there was probably double digit millions.
2: Yeah, like a lot of money on this album. <laughs> um,
0: so they're talking about like what, like in promoting the album with the the newest a newest video or single or whatever um i just put mtv doesn't play country anyway no. so they don't have to worry about that no but vh1 was gonna play it
2: yeah well because v- vh1 has always supported them so yeah that was that's where you go if, if you can't get on cmt that's where they fit in because that's where i saw the cowboy take me away and vh1 is storytellers so yeah anyway um so uh I wrote. Again? I wrote again too. She hates Bush because she's yeah. she's talking she's talking <laughs> crap about him again. Yeah. Um. The discussion about the difference in formats I thought was very interesting in terms of like we'll send this to CMT, we'll send this to VH1, and Natalie's like, why do we need to send something to CMT? What? Once again, there she just. I want to get away from country. Yeah. She
0: was trying to. She was trying to get out. Yeah. Um. Uh,
2: I think that was when the manager said we won't have to deal with this redneck bullshit. Like I was like, D- does do all country music artists have this love opinion of their fans? Like, what the hell?
0: <laughs> Sorry, someone is calling. I'm not. I'm not answering. It. Ooh. Um. So the. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, I put the misinterpret misinterpretation is strong, but people leaned in really hard um, to what she said. Yeah, yeah.
2: Because because um, I think this is around the time they started showing all of the talking heads. Yeah, and I was like twenty years later, and not not much has changed in terms of rhetoric it's all the same things um and it was it's just like you know that's just what Dave Chappelle said at one, one point he's just singing the hits about uh Donald Trump like these are all things we've heard he's just singing the greatest hits <laughs> that's what they're doing uh so their first show
0: I get well, looked. that was Greensboro North Carolina
1: Woo wee
0: uh I was a little confused, like, okay, they still sold out the show, but there were a lot of people like, well, it he came here because I already bought my tickets, and, yeah. and I can't get my money back. Um, and so I was just wondering, what is going, what's going on with this?
1: Because
2: <laughs> the way they showed is like, okay, it looks like they had a good show. Yeah, they had a great show, and the crowd seemed into it. And that's why I kind of said I felt like it was kind of a vocal minority like, yeah, there's some people that came there just to protest, but like in a crowd of twenty thousand people, fifty people protesting, was that less than one percent? Like that's <laughs> everyone else was just like, Yeah. And they opened up with Goodbye Earl, which was awesome. <laughs> Fun song and yeah, so um So I
0: wanna I wanted to ask you this. Like, do you think that with people the harder you identify with the political party the
2: easier it is to offend you Hold on like if what do you mean if someone else Yeah No so like you're saying like if they're like hardcore right wing is easier them to offend me It's it's easier it, it no it's if someone is
0: a hardcore right wing they're easier to
2: offend Yeah I I think either way yeah Or they're hardcore left, left. it's easy yeah. to offend yeah, yeah I think so definitely because they've a lot of them, a lot of people will base their identity around it. Yeah, and so it's insulting it is like insulting them. Yeah. Um, the Toby Keith shirt, loved it. I remember, <laughs> I, I that I do remember. At first I didn't. Then when I saw I was like, I remember that. I love that because Toby Keith had that awful song, courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue. <laughs> that song's a joke. And everything every single word she said about it was right. I feel like like everything about this situation they went through has aged so well. This included, because that song makes us look so bad. Yeah, I will put a boot in your ass, it's the American No, stop it. She said, Well, anybody could write that.
0: Um He said, Well, she says anybody could write it, but but she didn't.
2: Yeah, she, she doesn't write well. Uh, well, she, she does, she, and and it, yeah, she ain't writing that. Like, because <laughs> that, so. that was around the time I think Kevin said this is when he just basically kind of became like a walking American flag. <laughs> like he just like if there's any there's two people that just like really squeeze everything out of nine eleven Rudy Giuliani <laughs> and Toby Keith. Boy. Like after that happened, Toby Keith. He became Bob Hope. He was always over there entertaining the troops all the time. <laughs> like Toby Keith, you could argue that Toby Keith's career was kind of middling. I didn't even know that he was, the first song I heard from him was How Do You Like Me Now. I didn't know he had a career before that. <laughs> and then that happened. And it was just like he picked up his guitar and was like, this is my time to shine. And just started just singing about nine eleven 11 and America. <laughs> Um just an opportunist, if you will. So would you say, like, with
0: the Toby Keith shirt, was Natalie being childish?
2: <laughs> or I just mean, or
0: just hitting back? What or what do you
2: think? I think a little bit of both. <laughs> but I think that's kind of who she is. Like, she she clearly she's clever. And and I think, you know. I think if it were up to her, because I think I wrote, like, Natalie Takes No Prisoners. I think she really would have wore a shirt that said, fuck you, Toby Keith, if they let her. Yeah. I think that was the F-U-T-K was the compromise. (laughs) Because I think full and well, she would have gone out on stage with her shirt that said that. And every picture you see would have had to be blurred (laughs) because you wouldn't be able to show it on TV. And, you know, I think...
0: Uh... I feel like she could have gone farther I don't know because uh, the wait because it started with for those who didn't see it um not only the back and forth about about his song but with him putting out the picture of yeah, of, of her with Saddam with Saddam and Hussein and, yeah. um as it, it looked like one of those like uh one of those compilation albums
2: you, you see yeah. the info motion for late at night <laughs> yeah and honestly I mean if we're just if we're being really real here. There's that misogyny again. Like Yeah. Yeah. That's highly disrespectful um to her as a woman and you'd I almost wonder if like the people who support him that were women, y'all cool with that? Like he's up here disrespecting her as, you know, like he he wouldn't he wouldn't take a picture of you know, if another male country singer came out there, he's not going to take a, a he's not going to do that. So you know once again it's just like you know that's kind of offensive dude like that's why are you doing that yeah like that's you know yeah you didn't have to take it there the song was enough <laughs> uh so then they're
0: on on the tour
2: um okay, so you, uh, with the managers Tracy and the, another shot i was gonna say that what the manager said that oh yeah like he's a wife beater <laughs> And then she what she say? I don't want another shot. <laughs> she don't She's want, trying to get out. She wants out. <laughs> she
0: wanted out. Um, but then the manager at the uh, I don't know if that was a congressional
2: hearing. That's or what whatever. it looked like with with uh, respect for John McCain. John McCain, yeah. He is aged like he's aged like wine as well. Uh, he, but he.
0: I mean, there's a reason why he's called. He's been called the Maverick. Yeah, like he may have conservative views. Mm-hmm. But not totally, completely
2: conservative. Well, he's not one of those like. Or he'll at least at all like cost. use common sense. Yeah. Like the clip <laughs> that goes around of him, you know, within the last couple of years was when, you know, at one of his rallies, and one was like, I don't trust Obama. He's a Muslim. He's this, he's that. And he that. like came and, and took he, the mic And he he's takes the, the mic, like, that. nah, not here. <laughs> he was, I know, like he was like. He was like two words from like security. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, no, he's a decent man. He's an American. He's a patriot. It's the one I happen to disagree with. <laughs> I felt like he was this close to me. I'm like, like, get her out of here now. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get me canceled? Like, trying uh, to get me Dixie checked?
0: <laughs> it, but it was so funny is that because they're talking to the people from Cumulus and oh I, god that was such a load of crap what he said cuz it was <laughs> cuz he said is like okay you just contradicted yourself yeah. and then he and then that same guy contradicted himself <laughs> again cuz it's like he's like it was a collaborative process a de- collaborative decision making process everyone fell in line
2: it, 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 you Which just said it? two different things. Which is it? <laughs> you said two
0: different things just now.
2: Makes no sense. Did you I... collaborate or did everyone fall in line? Can, can it be both?
0: Just <laughs> like, like, I wanted somebody to say something to, to that. They just kind of moved on to the to the next question or whatever. It probably went. Well, to show John the whole McCain kind
2: of looked like he was just like, <sighs> he, was done. he was
0: done. We're not getting He's anywhere. Like... We're not getting anywhere. Next question.
2: Next, Uh,
0: like,
2: (laughs) yeah, but I I never
0: knew there was a thing over this
2: though. You know, it's just like, you know,
0: well, because I mean, I I understand the point on why the manager was there is that our like their songs aren't being played on the radio over political, Mm -hmm. a a seeming political comment, and our artists going to be censored in that way if they say something politically against somebody yeah or they have some kind of criticism, are they going is that going to ruin their career?
2: And can I will they, say too be railroaded. In defense, because they you know they brought on a couple of radio DJs and in their defense he's like we have one audience. We cannot piss them off.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I, I kind of get I where understand he's coming where the from. DJs yeah. were coming
2: from. Um yeah.
0: and like again I, I hate that feeling of have to air on people Air on the side yeah. of people being stupid and easily mm-hmm. offended. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, but it, I wonder if he's still their manager. He's he might have he his was own fearless kinda, dude. Like,
2: he was took he took like she said too. like
0: I I'm I think she said like I'm happy to have a manager that's so brave. Yeah. Or it, basically, she was saying that he was brave for just you know just Be being being standing there. up yeah. for them. Yeah. To <laughs> yeah. so definitely like, appreciate that. Uh, and that was at this point I realized Rick Rubin has not been in the studio. <laughs> <No. laughs> <laughs> um, let come to
2: my house. We'll play these songs and
0: <laughs> So uh I think this is around when you when you uh when you got here when they flew from San Antonio to Dallas.
2: Yeah, so yeah, well before that was the So, yeah, Nat, so this is where I said like, you know, it still seems like they didn't really support her. They still seem kind of nervous. And then she talks about the death threat. Mm-hmm. And then you know we go back to two thousand and three, where they get what was deemed by law enforcement as a credible death threat against Natalie's life um i you know first off, like that's gotta be scary you know you you kind of have the idea that there's crazies out there all the time, but like an actual legit death threat that someone's gonna try to kill you when you're up on stage you're 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 vulnerable. I've never felt that way before, but I wouldn't wanna feel that way um and then, yeah, and so then they hopped on a flight from San Antonio to Texas. I mean, to Dallas, Texas, which you said is, what, 257 miles?
1: Yeah, 274.
2: So, so as soon as they got in the air, they landed.
0: <laughs> About a 30-minute
2: flight. <laughs> what did Ron White say is, like, is like, a 10-minute flight, halfway, got there, had to turn around. <laughs> <laughs> God, making this equipment. Um But no, that's, I mean, that's hilarious. Um, But that also shows, if people want to ever wonder about the type of money that was being spent back then, watch that clip. Yeah. That probably, that one flight probably cost more than some artist's budget for their entire album. Like, that's, but I mean, when when you sell an average of 10 million records per album over the last three albums, that's what you get. Because back then, with 1999, I mean, if you think about it, if you're buying CDs, because there's no digital, CDs, $20 a pop, what, cassettes, maybe 10, like, over 13 million records, like, that's a lot of money. (laughs) That's a lot of money. So Sony's going to dish out that money to fly you from San Antonio (laughs) to, like, we could drive, no, 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 hop the private jet. (laughs) The CEO probably sent it over his own. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm glad that the that
0: Undivided song didn't happen.
2: Uh, Oh, that Dan Wilson talked about. Yeah, that was cheesy. I thought that was a really cool musical moment where, because at first, like you know, they're getting ready, they're rising up, and I was like, Are they playing? Not ready to make nice. Interesting. And you know, going back into the future, and I wrote Nat's Fearless, but um. I think she wrote a check that her bandmates weren't ready to help her cash. Mm. She made it, because I mean, essentially in that in that moment, she makes, like we said, the the singer typically speaks for the band. You're making a decision and they're along for the ride whether or not they like it. The only way they get out of that ride is if they quit the band. And who wants to quit that? When you just sold, you know, the two, um, top of the world hadn't, you know, we don't think it had hit um, whatever it was going to hit yet, but... You just sold 23 million records. You ready to get off this ride? <laughs> like, <laughs> no? All right. Shut up and play. Shut up and fiddle. <laughs> so it was kind of like, you know, I, I think by that point, it, I think the death threat made it real for them. Because even her talking about it in present day, it seems like this is when it got real. Yeah. You know, before it was just they're burning our records. They're talking about us. Now somebody's trying to kill us. This is about it that's about as real as it gets when there's an attempt on your life. Yeah. Um so uh
0: with also in the and promoting the album, they had to like I said, they had to do this a different way. Yeah. Um when the manager was talking about them being on the view and Regis and Kelly. And I wanted to know if what what do you think about would you be up for being on a show? In the, if you were in this situation, would you be up for being on a show just because
2: they were gonna let you be on the show? I mean, like, de- is the, is the, like these are the only ones you could get. I depends on what it is I'm trying to accomplish, really. If I'm trying to rehabilitate my career, which clearly Natalie didn't care for, I think Natalie just wanted to. I think Natalie wanted to forge ahead, something new, because I think, and this is, I think this is exactly where I wrote this comment. Um, she knew their audience, and she knew that they weren't gonna take them back. So I think at this point, she's over talking about how to get back on country radio. Yeah. How to get back in in country art. That was a, that races. was a constant. Yeah. Discussion. But and I think it, the fear she was constantly,
0: like, consistently did not yeah. care.
2: <laughs> and I think honestly, the fear was because where else are we going to go? <laughs> We're set up to be a country band like we can't be like like Taylor Swift started out as country and eventually went into pop. She's a solo artist. So the, the people who support her, you can change. What are you going to do to change over to a different format? When you're the Dixie Chicks, you've got a banjo, a girl who plays banjo and a girl who plays fiddle. You're not making 1989. Like there's just you can't do that. So I don't, I don't know. And I, and I mean, it kind of makes you wonder. Like if Emily said or Marty, whichever one of them said, you, you know, the singer goes and makes a solo album. Did she think Natalie was going to do that because she knew that Natalie was, wasn't really filling country no more? Maybe Natalie goes and makes a, a, a pop album. and just kind of boops us to the curb, you know? I kind of felt like Natalie really was the wild card, and a lot of what they did, they just kept supporting her, maybe just to stay on this ride (laughs) for as long as they could because, you know, as they say, you follow the talent. Natalie was the talent, you know, reminds me of, of, of Haley Williams and Paramore. A lot of people don't know this. Haley Williams had her own separate record contract I believe with Columbia, whereas the rest of Paramore was signed to fuel by Ramen. So you follow the talent. <laughs> Not saying it was that bad, but like to your point, like did they ever really support her or was it just like, hey, I'm just gonna fall in line, show up, you know, sing these harmonies, play this fiddle, play this okay, banjo. So it's
0: it 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 was supposed to be a collaborative process, but then they fell in line. <laughs>
2: it just it seemed like that because until the end we'll talk about the scene in a second until the end it kind of felt like that's what they were doing because one of the sisters seemed like she kind of felt passionate as you said the other sisters seemed like i just want to go back to playing country music and have everyone love us and natalie was just like you're not getting that we're not getting that back Fuck them. whatever if they want to come with us and then i think eventually their their management team got it he's like we're forging ahead we got to forge ahead with a new audience so that's when they try to put the tickets on sale no one's biting cuz he said it's like you're not selling out Nashville you're not selling out Memphis you're not selling out you know Atlanta you're not selling out these places so they went north i think they went back across the across you know overseas i think they just kind of realized like hey we're just we got to forge ahead we got to be different we got to be new um, and I think Natalie, you know, probably just saw that that's what they're going to have to do. Yeah. Um, uh,
0: so in the scene, I guess, when they're trying to. um, It was going to be decided how the, the tour was going to be paid for and how were they going to make
2: money? Yeah, that was a very interesting. Um, that's very interesting.
0: So basically they were either going to get this fixed amount and one company, whoever it was, was going to, you know, pay for everything. Mm -hmm. And you're going to make this amount. But Natalie came in saying that I would not be happy if, uh, we didn't do this, this particular way and Mm -hmm. they could make more. Yeah. Um, I think the record company, and probably the team around them, were worried that they would not sell the same way Mm -hmm. they did, and so I guess they went that direction too. (laughs) But they had, yeah, they had, they had a good reason. And you saw the a very interesting uh, segment to me is when uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but he was saying, "Well, since these cities aren't selling." Because it would be like, you know, the, the country hotbeds. Yeah. Kansas City, Oklahoma City. Yeah,
2: gotta go north. <laughs> Nashville,
0: Knoxville, Memphis, Atlanta. Um, if you're not selling well there, well, let's move those back, mm-hmm. go up to Canada,
2: play play more there. <laughs>
0: anywhere, with <a> <laughs> anywhere with a hockey arena. Anywhere with a hockey arena. Play there and then maybe we'll come back and then, you know, to if momentum's built as far mm-hmm. as the album goes.
2: So um That was funny when he said that. Anywhere with the hockey <laughs> arena. Like Moose Jaw. I was like, what I was like, is that a real place? <laughs> moose Jaw? I was like Is this is this Canadian slander? <laughs> uh
0: so that was that was interesting to where like I said they can't do this the same way so they had to build a strategy as far as what cities are there, that they're going to play mm-hmm. and that they would sell out these shows yeah and that's kind of where the film ends full circle to going back to the UK yeah they yeah. go back to the UK the the scene of the crime as, as they she said. calls it yeah yeah um for the 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 European leg of that tour um and that's where that's where it ends <clears throat> So yeah. I'm not sure how the rest of that tour actually did. Yeah. Um, oh. And then oh, then she uh, she said it again.
2: Yeah, she says it again. The so the scene I did want to refer back to because I know the the question we've talked about is like were they mad at her? And the blonde one, I'm just gonna say the blonde one because I'm Marty. So, I'm taking to so call him the wrong name, <laughs> Marty. You know, talks about like you know, Natalie feels bad. I always wondered that. Did Natalie feel bad? To me, that confirmed that Natalie felt bad. But as you said, gone too far. Can't go back. She can't. She couldn't back. I'll up tell now. them because we're you know we're bandmates. We're 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 sisters. I'll tell them. I'll apologize. So that makes me think she's probably apologized to them a lot,
0: several times.
2: Um, and I think they were just like, no, we're in this together. Like we're you probably put up with our mistakes. We'll put up with their mistakes. We're going to make this work. And she goes, like, if she wants to quit right now and never tour, I'll do it. Starts crying. And it's just like, it kind of was like, you know, they've probably tried to reassure her, like, hey, you know, it's okay. (laughs) You know, we're scared, but it's okay. You know, and I think that kind of says a lot about, like, you know, how you can feel about someone that's in a band with you. You know, because as we talked about in Hired gun. You're with these people all the time. So if you don't like them, it's not going (laughs) to last. So that just, I, you know, tough exterior from Natalie in public, but deep down she's probably like all of this falls on me. I did this. You know, what happens if I don't make that little joke? Traveling Soldier is still a a hit song. No one cares (laughs) about it. You don't get, you know, the accolades that you get from, you know, what I guess like you don't get the, the the pain, the reward without the pain, so to speak.
0: Yeah, those song, those those songs aren't written.
2: Yeah, there's no not ready to make nice. Um, but yeah, essentially after that, and they when they go to the UK, scene of the crime, she says it again. You get smiles from 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 Marty and from Emily. I guess they're just like, well, I mean, hell, does it hurt to say it again? <laughs> <laughs> Can't get any worse. So, um, but I guess kind of what the documentary leaves out and and how would they know because it came out in 06 is that that's, uh, that album goes on to win five Grammys. Yeah. So, you know, I wonder if Sony's okay with, all right, well, phew, we didn't sell as many, but we got like five Grammys that we can add to our vault of, hey, we are have a lot of Grammys. Um, and it's it kind of makes me think like, you know, the Grammys, maybe they love a redemption story. I don't know. A redemption arc. You know, but I, I felt like when she's, you know, that song, I think, sums up how Natalie felt. She was not happy. She does not. She did not like the press. She apologized, but she rescinded the apology. Um, she doesn't like him. And I'm pretty sure I was like, if this was 2018 and Donald Trump, I'm, I'm sure she'd be a lot more vocal. She wouldn't pull her punches,
0: yeah um, yeah, so i I did have the my the last thing I had was was she
2: defiant out of fear mm. what what do you think so out of fear of what might happen to her if she goes back on what she said, yeah. Maybe, cause well, I think because since she was so ready to leave that world behind, I think maybe the fear came from like I can take this back, everything can go back to normal, but I'll have to keep faking who I am, because as we've seen, when you're in that line of work as a country singer, how many? Of th- it really makes me wonder, like how many of them hate the president? How many of them hate patriotic? or patriotism how many of them hate their fans you know how many of them are saying things like the publicist said or like the other guys said like deal with these rednecks like how many of them feel that way but they're up there playing a character and like you know i'm doing it because i get money you know and it's just like you you can't really be honest you know how many people are really just shutting up and singing yeah. <laughs> so it kind of makes you like you know was it kind of like I could if we go back to this I'll have to start I'll have to start pandering to these idiots again <laughs> I I I kind of feel that whereas Marty and and Emily were like we were okay with that
0: <laughs> um
2: I think I think that
0: she was um defined out of fear like you said like can't go back on what she said but even though I think it's what she felt mhm um like we said, like eventually they were right,
2: oh yeah, very
0: right, um but it it's kind of like like you know, ever hear anybody tell a joke that you know you don't get until later, <laughs> yeah, um,
2: that's essentially kind of like what it was
0: it's it's yeah, it was definitely one of those situations, um well, that was all my notes that I had on the film. Is there anything else you'd like to add?
2: Um, no, like I said, I just, I, um, I, I'm a big fan and I became a bigger fan of Natalie for, um, and I, I tried to, you know, I didn't do a ton of research, but I was very curious as to what her politics were with the last election. Um, and not the 2020, but the 2016, um, because he kind of seems like the type of person she rail against. Yeah. Like if she didn't like Bush, no way she liked <laughs> she Trump. She not like Trump. But did she just, like, I learned my lesson, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut? Um, because I think, well, they had an album coming up around that time. They probably wanted it to sell. Um, no, no.
0: That that album that came out was in 2020.
2: Oh, God. Okay, I thought it was 2016. Okay, 2020. Yikes. So they really took a, a long break. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I, I, I would be curious to know that just because even when they show their home lives, like, they just... She is clearly the odd one out in terms of how um, she she lives her life and everything. So I just think it's interesting. Um, but I gained a lot more respect for her um, as someone who's willing to speak her mind, especially in a space like that. Yeah, because that's not that's just not what I mean, like that'd be like I'm trying to think of like a famous rapper that came out and said, like, you know, Martin Luther King was a joke. Like, you, you get some, you get some backlash. <laughs> like, you know, just trying to think of something you could say where, like, you know, like, you they just be like, nah, bro, you can't say that, man, you're canceled. You know, Um, not saying that that's true, you know, that I don't believe he's a joke, but, you know, something where you have a, um, you know, someone in the African-American community who's seen as, like, Maybe there's some they've done something questionable, but they still get a lot of support. And if you were to come out and say something kind of against them, it'd be like that. It'd be a very kind of a scary situation. And like we said, she leaned into it, man. So I got to I got to give her a little bit of respect for that because she could have easily just turned tail and ran. So she gets my respect.
0: Yeah. So. um That'll do it for our discussion on shut up and sing.
2: I will not. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh like I said, it's a very good documentary. You can see it on, um, Tubi or Pluto TV, mm-hmm. uh, for free. So, uh, check it out. Um, get to my earworm of the week. Ooh, tell me about it. Uh, earworm of the week is a, I've listening to a lot of indie rock music.
2: Nice, nice.
0: And, um, This is kind of associated with someone I've been, um, I've had on the earworm list before. Um, They said Mr. Jukes is, sorry, the phone was ringing again. Um, (laughs) Mr. Jukes uh, is the lead singer of the band Bombay Bicycle Club. Okay, I've heard of them, okay. Okay. And uh, I've listened, started listening to their songs, and they have one that I I really liked called uh, Lights Out, Words Gone.
2: Okay, okay.
0: And uh, that is my earworm. And we'll play that, and we'll be right back. Lights Out, Words Gone by Bombay Bicycle Club. From their album, A Different Kind of Fix. Uh, it's from 2011. It was when it's in the video, like it was filmed in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And it looks like there's like a bunch of people like, I don't want to say like salsa dancing or <laughs> some kind of some kind of Latin dance, but it's on beat with the song. But I know, I'm sure they weren't dancing no. to that song. <laughs> So yeah, you can check that song out along with our other earworms and we're past the 300 mark. Um, <laughs> on, oh, for uh, songs? Yeah. I can believe it. The playlist is on Spotify. Um,
2: Be good for road trips.
0: Yeah. B-T-T-Y-H-T, Earworms of the Week. Mm-hmm. Um, so that will bring us to the um, the end of this particular episode and uh i feel like it's only appropriate to end the um to end the episode with the song that uh they won 2 of those 5 grammys for
2: yeah. <laughs> due to the masterful production of Rick Rubin <laughs> so
0: masterful he wasn't even there I... magician i know <laughs> Um. Thank you to everyone who who listened, mm-hmm. watched on Facebook Live. If there, if you were there, we appreciate it. And uh, as I get the song playing here, we'll talk to you very very soon. Peace, peace.
1: Okay.
3: Yeah, I'm not sure I could. They say time heals everything, but I'm still waiting.